It was called The Grindhouse. Theaters that played back-to-back -back movies featuring uncensored sexuality and hardcore thrills. Now, Tarantino and Rodriguez are bringing The Grindhouse back with two adrenaline-fueled roller coasters. One ticket to ride. In two and a half hours of pure dynamite, planet terror, and death proof. Only at the Grindhouse. You're listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. episode 196 welcome back to the buzz to kill podcast where today we see if two modern masters can successfully time travel back to the 70s in hardcore dancing in the grindhouse theater yeah <laughs> or is it hardcore dancing at the grindhouse theater i put in 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 they're in a theater okay yeah i got it right then you got it right so i didn't even need to question hey, myself high five yeah oh covid <laughs> do you have any hands sanny i do actually What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And welcome back to the greatest part of your week. I can't even say that without <laughs> laughing. It's not even the greatest part of my week. It's really not. No. The greatest part of I our did, week. I did eight hours of hard labor today, and that was the greatest part of my week. The greatest part of our week huh. was seeing Ghostbusters and Jaws on the biggest of the big screens last night. Oh, that was night. cool, I guess. Dude. Yeah. Dude. The biggest of the big screens. I mean, I mean, it's a pretty big screen, right? The only, the only better <laughs> way to see Jaws because we saw uh, Jaws and Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters at the drive-in last night. The only other way to see Jaws on our list now, because we've seen it at the movie theater, we've mm -hmm. seen it at the drive-in. We have to find one of those places where you get to float in an inner tube and watch it. I kind of feel like we need to, we need to have that experience. Though. Oh hell yeah, dude! You know, we have a. <sighs> We should. We have a bucket list, like a horror bucket mm. list that we have to start. We have to. I want to go see the town that dreaded sundown in Texarkana. Yep. yep. Uh, someday. So eventually. Not anytime soon, though. Because eventually, one. Well, not anytime you'll, soon. You'll go to obviously. Texas and die for a different reason these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, we uh, we got to see Jaws in an inner tube. Yep. Yep. Uh, this doesn't really. I think that they play Mothman prophecies at the Mothman uh, um, festival. Oh, do they? In uh, where is I, that? Uh, is that Virginia? West yeah, it's Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah, I would love to see the Crucible in Salem. Mm. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. they show the Crucible uh, at some theaters yeah, at the did. Salem. Uh, there's a festival they do every year. Um, yeah. But again, all these places, things that we can't do right now. And I want to watch. Uh, I want to watch Lord of the Rings in New Zealand. Is that so you hard? To, is that so much to ask? I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into that. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, like, if if for some, for, like, distracted, someday <laughs> if we have fu the funds to do so. Sure. And the fun ah, to do well, the so. Funds, the funds bring the fun, James. <laughs> right? Um, who says money doesn't buy happiness? Ah. Well, if speaking, I have the money to go to, go see the town that dreaded sundown in Texarkana, then well, I'm pretty happy be, about here's it. Here's the thing. That could be a trip that we could literally do in a night. Like if we found like a red-eye flight and went early in the morning and flew in in the morning. You mean like that local band yes. that used to play at the Hayloft all the time? <laughs> yes, that, that, exactly. If we can ride them down to Texas, <laughs> all the way down to Texas. Um, no, you get there like the morning of, you stay the night. 
to see the movie and then fly back the next day. Yeah. That's that potentially could be a cheap flight and a one night stay somewhere. Dude on uh dude on spirit, you could <laughs> Could get that ticket for like twelve bucks, right? <laughs> you, you might have to sit on my lap. You're but. taking a gamble on your life, but uh, nah, I know. flew, dude. I flew Spirit the last two times I've flown. They were fine. And now you're dead. Oh shit! This is all some weird, wacky afterlife thing you're going through. <laughs> I thought I thought the afterlife was supposed to be good. <laughs> I know. You're you're it's just, it's just of my shitty life. <laughs> your eternal damnation is sitting across from me. Every Friday or Saturday, rather, it, because uh, tonight is Saturday. Yep, that's, um, that's pretty much it. There, we just did it again. We both drank at the same time. We it did. doesn't work. No, we did. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah. So, so anyway, what you been up to besides oh. seeing a couple of great flicks and at the drive-in? Uh, well, I saw a couple of great flicks at the drive-in. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, not a whole lot. It's been a it's been another bummer week with people dying, man. Oh jeez, yeah. Fucking Regis Filman died today. Man, Reg. Like, I like Regis Filman. Damn. Uh, he was eighty eight, man. Aaron, Aaron and I were just talking today. Could you imagine if he was your your grandpa? Like, what a cool dude. What a cool grandpa to have. That would be awesome. <laughs> he's just he's so funny. And then he'd probably ask you things like, "Who wants to be a?" millionaire at christmas and then he would only give you 10 oh bucks <laughs> he would know, give you ten dollars and change i don't know how i completely forgot that he was the host of that show <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire i would just make him ask me questions all the time oh he always he always says that he saved that network he says he's i don't know if he was joking or not but i, I think he actually he, did no, like i think did. the network is was in trouble and I, then who wants to be a millionaire came out it was a phenomenon dude it, yeah 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 he yeah. saved that shit he did what a cool dude though do you think he retained any of that knowledge I, or do you think he just kind of went through the motions? I have to imagine. Like I, I, I often wonder, is Alex Trebek the smartest guy in the world because of all the useless knowledge? Or does he just not really remember any of it? I think Alex Trebek is pretty sharp. And if he's not, <laughs> he he plays it off really well <laughs> because sometimes... I love Alex Trebek. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Jeopardy is uh, one of my top three TV programs of all time. Sure. Um but sometimes he gets this really condescending tone when somebody gets a a, a question wrong and it, not condescending but more of like a like how did you not know that like ah uh, uh, no it was blah 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 of course and it's like come on dial it back a little bit you're back i just want him like on his like last days if he knows if he knows like it's his like last last day doing it like just to be like you fucking idiot of course it's this answer <laughs> just just let loose be great um, um, because of because of COVID and because uh, they've kind of tapped into their because they they filmed three months in advance I believe and it's been over three months so now they're reaching into the Jeopardy vault so the other night they played the original like the very first episode of Jeopardy ever from 1984 it oh, was wow. hilarious dude like back then if somebody would get a it a, was Trebek still right yeah oh yeah okay. yeah. Um, with his sweet mustache, sweet mustache, yeah. a nice like black mullet. Ooh, oh, ooh. so sexy. Ooh, um, <laughs> down boy. But uh, <laughs> he, he, when somebody would get a question wrong, the whole audience would go, <gasps> oh! <laughs> all the women would get the vapors. Oh, <laughs> it was really funny. But uh, uh, yeah, anyway, ridiculous. But uh, yeah, rest in uh, rest in peace. Rest in Regis. peace, man. That's a it's a bummer. Next, not not tomorrow. You're gonna tell me that like Kathy Lee died of a freak like roller coaster accident or something. Kathy Lee will never di- die. She's got lobster blood. Oh, is that is she's that? She's one of the. You know what I was telling you about earlier? 
they figured it out and they oh, gave it to shit. Kathy Lee first. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't know why this just popped. Through. This is this is how I know <laughs> I I have undiagnosed ADHD. Like this is how I know. Mm-hmm. Is because I'm thinking of the name Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah. And for some reason, I replaced Gifford with Clifford, like the big red dog. Yeah. And then I pictured Kathy Lee Clifford. <laughs> that's not... I, uh, I don't know why that made me laugh so much, I but it did. I think that's ADHD. It's just like stream of consciousness kind of stuff, like word association. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She looks really weird as a dog, though. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so here's, so here's something fun that happened this week. Um, remember, uh, uh, a while back, you and I had, had an experience that we didn't know what to make of, or at least I didn't know what to make of it. And it lasted for a few hours. And it oh, was the, uh, the alien the, abduction experience. The alien abduction experience. Contri- contrived by <clears throat> your you boy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I kept it going for like three hours. It was so, amazing. So last week, uh, last week, Saturday, I think it was, was it Saturday, Sunday, something like that. Uh, you, um, it was a, it was a night when you were... Willing to go out drinking. It was it was Sunday. Cause, it was cause Sunday. You, it was Sunday night. You were I had, drinking on a Sunday I had, night. I had gone over to um, you're responsible to have some socially distant drinks with our buddy Chris. Of course. Now, I come home, and I come home at around around midnight. Mm-hmm. Right. Forgot to post our episode. Forgot to post our episode. <laughs> I did it at like two o'clock in the morning. I did. Yeah. So I it, it, it got <clears throat> done. Um. So I come home and. I, I had been waiting on a package from uh, from Amazon all day. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's a package sitting at my door. They must have just delivered it really late mm. on a Saturday, which is odd, but not completely unheard Because you left to go to his house at like, what, It was like eight? seven. It was like Something, seven. Okay. So, uh, so I come home. There's this package sitting at my door, on my doorstep. And I don't think anything of it. I think that it's my package. And I go back out to get it because my hands were full. And I realized this is not any kind of an Amazon package. This is a small wooden crate with a envelope sitting on top of it, just sitting at my doorstep. And I have seen way too many horror movies in my life <laughs> to, to not let my mind just completely wander, uh-huh. right? And I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm looking at the box. It says like some like nickel company or something like that. It was, it was like something I'd never heard of. I'm like, what the fuck is That's this? That's a real company, by the way. So, In- Inco... Inco nickel or something like that. Sure, yeah, yeah, whatever it was. So, uh, so I get it inside and I open this envelope up, and there's a, a handwritten letter in it. And I'm reading this handwritten letter, and it's from somebody named Tom, and it basically says, "I don't know who you are, and I, I, I don't, I don't know who you are, but I'm leaving this for you to get rid of it from me." Basically, saying that he had been. He had been uh, like traumatized by this box or whatever was in it, and he, he was like haunted by it. He had taken it. it as far as he, he possibly could. Taken it as far as he could. Mm. It was ruining his life, and now he's passing it on to me for some strange reason, right? And I'm reading. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, I legitimately, I was legitimately freaked out about it. I texted you. Uh, right, like almost right away, but you were in bed already. So then I called. Well, no, I was waiting for your text. Well, oh, did you actually, did you get it? And then just not text me back? Obviously, oh, yes. I thought you were actually, asleep. listen, it's not unlike you to fall asleep on me, so. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing is like, because as well, we'll soon get as. There. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, okay, okay. So, so I called my buddy Chris up because I knew he was up because I just left his house. And I call him. I'm like, I just came home to the weirdest fucking thing. And I explained to him 
what was going on. And he was all into it because he had no idea what it was. He thought the letter was stupidly weird as well. Mm-hmm. So him and his wife are both like on bated breath. His wife's like, open it. I want to see what's in it. I'm like, I'm not fucking opening this. Like, <laughs> there is no way in hell I'm opening this in my apartment. Uh-huh. Like, if I open it, I'm going to wait till tomorrow and go out into like, the middle of a fucking field somewhere just in case like there's not like fucking like bugs or anthrax or bugs with anthrax on it. I don't know. Like who knows what could be in this. There's a lot of weird fucking people. And the first thing that my brain went to was remember that story a couple of weeks ago about that dude that was outside of my door wall here. Weird guy. The weird guy who like acted like he was like arguing with like the voices in his head. Mm. He saw me. He knows there's a young dude that lives here. Yeah. So I'm like, what if this guy really was fucking like possessed by something? And because I saw it, he passed the shit on to me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I've seen too many damn horror movies. Um, come to find out through my buddy Chris's wife doing a little bit of research, uh, somebody, somebody, oh, it was wink, her? wink, sent me one of those really awesome mystery boxes. <clears throat> Must have been a really cool person who sent it to you. Must have, must have been. (laughs) (laughs) James sent me a mystery box for my birthday, and I have yet to actually figure it out. I am stumped on it right now. It's called Mystery Package Company. Uh Um, Admittedly, I went to the website because I thought it was something totally different. (laughs) 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 No, but I I wanted to... Mike's super into movies like... uh, National Treasure and um, uh, Da Vinci Code, Da Vinci Code, anything like uh, figuring out mysteries and shit, Z- and Zodiac like, stuff like that. And uh, and I was like, well, this is this is something. And and one of my favorite moments of ours over the past, you know, thirteen years of knowing each other was the night that I got you good with the alien abduction you thing. Literally made me tear up because I was so yeah, overwhelmed I made <laughs> emotionally that night. <laughs> and I wanted I wanted to hopefully recreate that experience even on a small level. So even though I wanted to text you back that night, because you he, Mike immediately texted me and said, dude, are you still up? And I was like, fuck. I was like, I was like, do I do I engage or do I not? Because if I do, I might give it away or sure. whatever. I'm a pretty I feel like I'm pretty good at this is gonna come off wrong, but I'm pretty good at lying to you. You know what though? The next <laughs> day, the next day when I was talking to you about it, I pretty much within five minutes of talking right. to you figured out that it was right. you. So even though I didn't know, so I decided not to engage. Even though I would have loved to have like gotten on Zoom with you or even come down here and yeah. been with you while you opened, but I feel like I would have gave I I would have gave it away, and that would have been a bummer. Um, but I I don't think that I would have been able to hold out because I um. As soon as you texted me, my heart started racing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, here we Wait, go. That doesn't happen every time I text you. Well, <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> this was this was more of a, a nervousness, not a flutter. With, with more, it's usually more of a love thing. This is, this was a nervous thing, and I was like, I was like, yes, here we go. But I couldn't contain myself, even just sitting there on my couch reading this text message. So I was like, fuck, I'm just gonna let did it my, go. Did your phone go off at like midnight, and you go up? Oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, because I, I, I came and I dropped it off at like, I don't know, uh, 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. something like that, 10.30. And uh, I was even nervous, like, coming into the building and, like, I was I was trying to be sneaky and I came in and I set it down real quick and then I bolted out this door over well, here and took the long way home and I was like, every car that I see, it's going to be him. <laughs> and if he sees me walking down the street, then he's going to know it was me. So I, I took So I took, like... I took a really long way home just in case you were driving back from PJ's house at the time. Mm-hmm. So, 
It was yeah. fun, though. It was well, cool. one of the things that gave it away uh, that I knew it was you, even from the get-go, even though I didn't really know, is that you're the only person that knows that the main door to my building is open all the time. I actually didn't know that. I brought your spare keys with me. Oh, did you? Uh, assuming that I would have to open the door. Mm. But, uh, you know, pleasant surprise. Now I, <clears throat> whoa. Whoa. now I know that I can just come into your exactly. building anytime I want. And anybody listening to this, if you find out where Mike lives now, you know you can come into Mike's building anytime please, you want. Please don't, you creeps. <laughs> um, anyway, though, point is, this mystery box is fucking sweet. It's about a, <clears throat> a missing kid who gets like possessed by the spirit of a witch in London. Don't say too much, because I want to figure well, it out, too. I haven't been <clears throat> able to figure it out. I, there's like a whole like number code that you have to like, that's on there. It's really authentic looking. Yeah. Everything about it is authentic <clears throat> looking, except for the one thing that you noticed, which was the, if somebody was writing with ballpoint pen on pages, it would leave a small indentation. Yeah, that was, that was the only thing that I noticed. Otherwise, it looks legit uh, the the thing i noticed though was the uh the medallion when it's processed when they first when they first put this this package out uh, like a few years ago i think they've been doing this one for a while it it was stamped into the medallion all the all of the runes were stamped into the medallion and now they're laser etched and you can tell yeah which is kind of a bummer it still looks really cool. It though. looks cool, but it's that's one of those like refined things about it that if you were paying attention to this as much as you and I pay attention to things, it's you, you it kind of tips you off, you the know. The attention to detail is I kind of feel like for something like this, you're giving this to somebody who probably already has a lot of attention to detail right. if they're into puzzles and that right. kind of stuff. So, you kind of have to go the extra mile. But no, it's really really cool though. Highly recommend it to anybody. I don't know what the end is to this because like i said i have not cracked the code yet like, yeah. I, i'm stumped on it right yeah. now because it doesn't it doesn't even give you anything to figure out like it doesn't lead you in any direction it just gives you a bunch no, of shit you, you basically and then that's to, it you basically have to notice the patterns yourself yeah. and then otherwise you're looking at all the stuff like what the fuck does this okay mean? it's like, a weird no, book about a kid there's that... no path that it leads you down there's nothing it's just like it's it's bizarre i will say really though cool. like reading i just did a quick read through the book and like the pages where you can tell that it's the um like the the old cockney witch yeah speaking through the this language kid. she uses is really cool pretty creepy dude because mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> awesome. you know witches creep the hell out of oh, me so yeah, like, that so night so that night i stayed up until two o'clock in the morning reading the entire journal that night yeah. um then posted our episode because i forgot to post it <laughs> and then i went to bed watching uh lords of salem hoping that <laughs> hoping that maybe while sleeping i would get some of that witch uh witch energy that, yeah it didn't help that witchy woman vibe <laughs> <laughs> did not uh did not help are you getting but did you just adjust yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. Did one of your ears go out? Yeah, it's popping a little yeah, bit. Yeah, mine did too. It's off um, and popping. Anyway, that's that's been my week. I've been, cool, I've been man. solving puzzles and watching Marshmallow Men. It's been a pretty good week. And River Monsters. Not River Monsters. Dark Water, Dark whatever water, the hell yeah. that is. Jeremy Wade, baby. <laughs> uh, I haven't had much going on. I uh, The two tons of dirt that we moved from my backyard to my front yard a couple weeks ago, I moved the majority of it back to the backyard today. So that's cool. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> you did something. <laughs> so I am uh, I'm exhausted, but I'm going to fight through it for you. Do it. Because I like you. Oh, thanks, man. And I like your face. Thanks, man. Do I give so, you, do I, am I giving you heart flutters? Uh, it's, it's actually all the physical labor that's giving me heart flutters right oh, now. <laughs> I, I, I just have indigestion, so. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of us, we're a wreck. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we've yeah. had going on. Other than that, just stacking paper, hustling, 
uh, grind, grinding, grinding it out. Yeah, you know all the cool things that cool people do. Grind, so, grind housing, it grind out. housing it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's me being topical, everybody. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get through. These Sometimes curves. I wonder what your neighbors think is going on in here. <laughs> I, they probably hate me. I don't know. Um, speaking of things that I hate, getting stuff wrong. Boom. Segway. All right, uh, that sound means that we didn't get anything wrong. I thought really? we did. I thought we did. I actually had a couple of things pulled out from the last episode, but uh, it turns out, turns out that even a broken clock is right twice a day, and uh, we were just stupid enough to get something right. So there you go. Right on, dude. Other than that, though, uh, yeah, we were actually pretty good last week. Cool. So yeah. Cool, cool. That's enough talk about last week. What are we doing this week, James? Well, this week... James. <laughs> James. <laughs> Uh, well, if you would be beer. so kind, grab the beer, Michael. This week, uh, if you can't tell from the ridiculous name of our episode, uh, it, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, we are talking... Oh, Jesus. Why'd you just throw a sweet potato at me? It was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike just fired a spot across the room at me, so... <laughs> Sounds like something that happens at the very end of a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping fucking spuds. Dropping fucking spuds. Um, so we're talking about the Grindhouse yeah. m- movie. Movie. The uh, the double feature, uh, including Planet of Terror. Planet Terror. Planet Terror. Sorry, that was my <laughs> first time seeing it. Planet Terror. Planet Planet of Terror. Is there not a? There's a movie called Planet of Terror, isn't there's there? Galaxy of Terror. Galaxy of Terror. See, I mixed the I, mm. I mixed them up. Um, Don't Planet, do that again. Planet Terror by uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez, of oh, course. Yeah. And uh, death and of death proof. death death of <laughs> death of proof. <laughs> <laughs> death proof by uh, one Quentin Tarantino. Quentin of Tarantino. Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> hate you so much and i spud you uh, <laughs> uh you're my you're my you're my best spud <laughs> hey man um so, so this week uh we noticed in death proof that the uh the lovely ladies in death proof drink shiner bach uh so that's that's what we're drinking shiner bach beer from uh yeah and- from sports spot <laughs> and i'm Spatzel, pissed about this one from Spotsel brewery and I'm pissed about this because this is a beer that is from the great state of Texas. I was going to use this for one of our Texas Chainsaw Massacre episodes. Now I can't use it for that. Oh, no. Well, you could have... Damn it. We could have just drank club soda with lime tonight. Why? Because that's what fucking uh, no, but, Mike... That's what, no, <laughs> that's no, what but, stuntman Mike drinks. But why? Oh, club soda with lime? That's delicious. It's a delicious beverage. But it ain't going to get you drunk. Well, I mean, we could... Do it alongside many other beers. That's true, I suppose. Like this one. That's that's very true, I suppose. Like this one right here. Have we ever used this one for a show? Hazy little thing? I don't think so. Mm. I don't believe so. Are you sure we didn't use it for like the mist or something like that? Mm. I think we did. Hey. Have you ever had Shiner before? I have a long, long time ago. Delicious. Um, <clears throat> so Shiner from uh, Spetzel? Spotzel? How would you say that? I don't know, but it sounds very German. It does, it does sound German. Sounds very German. Uh, established in 1909, <clears throat> Shiner, Texas. Every drop of Shiner is brewed in Shiner. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. 
I like the the ram on the on the bottle. That's dope. All right, so <laughs> I, I like a good ram, good mountain goat. All right, there's a couple different things for me to to read on the bottle here. So, Bach beer combines old world Bavarian heritage with American handcraft brewing for a smooth, delightfully drinkable dark beer. Prost. Did they spell prosit? Pro, well, prosit. But so prost, I know, is what uh, Germans say mm-hmm. when they, you know, when they cheers. Is this misspelled or is it is is? Pro- I, I would really prost- hope. I'd like to think that the German beer probably got it right. We and we're have just idiots. we have seen typos on beers before, though. That is true, but it's in two different places. So I'm going to assume that okay. it's correct. That's fair. Uh, handcrafted in the same brewery where it was first made back in 1913, this gently hopped medium brown brew is the pride of Shiner, Texas. And one other thing here. Fit a lot onto this bottle. Small, <laughs> small town, <laughs> small brewery. Every drop of Shiner beer is brewed in Shiner, Texas. Population 2,069. Good lord, that's smaller than the town I grew up in. Oh, we're five. <laughs> By local craftsmen who take pride in our little brewery and our classic Shiner Bach. This American style Bach has a clean flavor and a slightly sweet finish. We hope you enjoy drinking it as much as we enjoy making it. Prost. Cheers, sir. Uh, prost. Prost. <laughs> Cheers. It's damn delicious. It is. It's, it's, just, a, um, it's a good it's a good beer. It's a darker it's a darker bock that is still very easily drinkable and it's just delightful. It's very good. I can understand why all the lovely ladies were were drinking it at said bar. At said bar. Uh, I don't know if we actually said the bar, so <clears throat> that doesn't work. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. They were drinking it at the bar in, in the movie. In, in said movie. In said movie. There, there you go. go. There you go. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, delicious beer. If you've never had Shiner, then what the hell are you doing? Go yeah. buy a six-pack. And it's, uh, it's Listen available. Listen to our episode and drink, drink along with us. Pretty sure that it's available nationwide, so everybody should be. Oh, yeah, it. of course. Of course. If we, can, if we can get it in Michigan. You can get it anywhere. I don't know. Michigan's got a lot of beers, though. Like it's kind of like the beer capital of. I mean, I'm making that up, but it seems like the beer capital of like the nation, though. <laughs> well, we do have more. We do have more breweries uh, in the state than I think any other state like, per like per capita. Per capita. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, but that... we know we're a bunch of drunks here in the mid. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> A bunch of lazy, lazy, drunks. L- lazy, lazy drunks. Bunch of lazy drunks, mate. <laughs> and damn it, we're proud of it. So anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> oh. I found out the hard way today that there is such a thing as too much Mexican food. I really did. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm i going to call bullshit on that. <laughs> Dude, I, trust me. And I, was in I, and that I camp. will fight you. <laughs> I was in that camp up until about two hours ago. Oh, my God. Way too there's much, no, Charles. There's no such thing as too much Mexican food. It's just... It's... Um, it's... it's um, if you can stand the, the feelings that come along with having a lot of it yeah no see i i over engorged myself on on <laughs> the best the, be, the best american mexican food 
on this side of the Mason Dixon. El Charo is right? so good, dude. Um, you and I were talking about this the good. other day, and I I love Mexican food. Sure, and I love I love real Mexican food too. Sure. Like because our American version of Mexican food is not really Mexican food. I've, no, no, I've been to Mexico a few times. A I've lot had of real Mexican places, food is fucking delicious. A lot of places that claim to be authentic Mexican are not authentic no, Mexican. Bullshit. <laughs> absolute bullshit but uh our version of mexican food so good oh it's great um but puffy, el, ta- puffy tacos el charo though i love that in my culinary life and my personal puffy. life just <laughs> the old puffy taco <laughs> el charo is the best around it is it's so good if you don't have an el charo when you're neck of the woods i don't know how <clears throat> if they're outside of michigan or not but oh you're will, missing out i will say this though i had uh like back when we were out on tour and stuff like that i had uh we are on a tour specifically with the, these two bands, Destroy the Runner and Lower Definition, and they. we started the tour in California. And California. California. And they knew the areas, and they knew where to, like, the best, like, uh, the best ta- tacos, taco trucks and stuff. The best tacos you'll ever have are on a street corner oh, from a dude on a cart that just has fresh fish and, oh. Well, that are, like, the taco trucks. Like, mm. they knew where all the best taco trucks, and some of the... Some of the tacos yeah. and stuff that we, the burritos that we had in California, so yeah. good. Yeah, um, it's all about the fish tacos, though. That's that's. My oh, jam. I love fish. Tacos. That's my jam. That's what I had today. El Charo just fish tacos again. Over and the gorge, best around. puffy fish tacos. Just <laughs> that's my life today, and I was feeling good. I was feeling good. We started the show until we cracked these beers, and suddenly all of that fullness just completely has come back now oh i feel fantastic oh not that anybody needed to know that let's talk about some news (laughs) no i want to talk about puffy tacos i'm not gonna get any arguments out of me um okay so this is a a real bummer this just happened in the last couple of hours so i'm kind of reading this off of the actual uh release that just came through here but uh rest in peace today john saxon uh, John Saxon, uh, who horror fans would know from A Nightmare on Elm Street, Black Christmas, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, he came back for, uh, he was, I think he was in From Dusk Till Dawn, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was in a, a bunch of stuff, though. Guys, guys got a huge uh, 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 filmography or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he passed away today, though, at the age of 83 due to pneumonia. Pneumonia. So uh, that is a huge bummer. John Saxon was a, was sort of a staple from those uh, those roles, and they said Nightmare and Black Christmas and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, were, that's a bummer. You were, you were right; he did come back for uh, Nightmare Three. Yeah, I yep. knew that. Oh, was he in Dust Till Dawn though? That's uh, the one that I th- I I think he was in it. What year did that come out? It was 96, something like that. Uh, I don't think it was. Oh, he was also in New Nightmare. Oh yeah, that's true. West Cravon's new nightmare, uh-huh. and from dust till dawn. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a huge loss, though. The big loss for the horror community. So rest in peace, John Saxon. Rest in peace. Bummer. Um, let's see here. I don't have a heck of a whole lot of news this week. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, also a bummer, though. You're talking. Speaking of bummers, stay on the bummer train. Um, we all sort of saw this one coming. It would have been pretty irresponsible of them to not cancel. Uh, however, Halloween Horror Nights. 2020 has officially been canceled mm. again there is no way that you didn't <clears throat> see that coming however let's be honest florida is keeping everything open right now so yeah. it would not have shocked me if they tried to do it because their theme parks are open still so it would not have shocked me oh, if they, really? they tried to do it but they did they did cancel them all though um 
Aren't you glad you went last year? I am so happy that I went last year. Just mere months before all this stuff hit. You know, yeah. what, less than six months before all this stuff hit. Yeah, wow. That seems weird to think about. Yeah. That it was, yeah. Crazy, hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm super, uh, super happy that I was able to go. Um, I have a video that I made of our entire trip last year. I should post that online. I should do that. It's going to have to be on a... Uh like a YouTube or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like forty-five minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I edited the whole thing together. It's a good watch, though. Yeah, it's cool seeing all the different. Uh... I'm pretty sure I used copyright music in it though, so I'd have to change that because oh, no. YouTube would flag the shit out of that. But um, anyway, though, they uh, Universal vows to be back next year with an amazing event. Uh, you know, hopefully life will get back on track and uh, we'll have a really good next season. They, I don't know that I'm completely they, convinced of they that. They vow. Can you make that vow? I don't think you can. <laughs> you know. Hey man, I just—it's all so uncertain right now. Yeah, like I said, I, I will be shocked if things are back to normal by next year's. I really will be. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, no shit. And I got <laughs> some, I got some more COVID stuff coming up here. Oh, but uh, anyway, though, uh, another thing that we had expected uh, but had yet to get confirmation for this is this is a good thing though. Is uh, it it's was confirmed thing. this week that Brad Dorif will indeed be voicing Chucky for the Chucky TV series. Yeah, uh, I think we all expected that, but it was never actually put out. And then we also got a little bit of a story synopsis oh, cool. for it, uh, for it here. It says uh, after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threatens to expose the truth behind the killings as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster so it sounds like we're going to be getting a backstory, backstory. to um uh what's his name to brad Dorf's character yeah. why can't i think of his name chucky oh no the charles uh, lee ray. charles charles lee ray yeah <laughs> i mean chucky is still no, his no, name. i know i get that but charles <laughs> lee ray though the, the the man if you yeah. will not the not the doll but uh so that's pretty cool yeah yeah, I'm, that's cool. I'm really excited for it, man. As the more, am I, the dude. more I hear about it, the more I like cuz you know, it's you know you never know how things are going to translate into a TV show from a horror franchise. Yeah, I'm not the usually The more I hear about this, the more I think it sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm not usually a huge <clears throat> fan of TV shows. Um not that I don't like TV shows. I just I don't like <laughs> I was no, going to say you I'm watch not a more fan, TV than anyone. I'm not a fan of turning movie franchises though into TV shows. Yeah. You know, I've and I've said this before. I like being able to put on like, uh, like Evil Dead, for example. Even yep. though the Ash vs. Evil Dead series, you can literally watch an entire series in three hours. Yeah, It's kind of like a long movie, right? The thing is, though, is I, I want to go and grab Army of Darkness, put it on for an hour and a half, and get that story front to, you know, start to end. You can still do that, though. You can still do that. A lot of TV shows, though, that are 10 episodes apiece at an hour long, that's 10 hours of your life to get one storyline, basically, you know? Yeah. With a lot of filler in between to make up for TV. I just, I don't know. I, I'm... Not a big fan of, of, of the turning a movie franchise into a TV franchise. I can That's actually all. think of a few, though, that are pretty pretty great. No, I'm not saying that they're not good. But to get... N- n- shut up, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's new on Blue, baby? Oh, wow. Already? We're already there. I wasn't even prepared. No, literally, I wasn't prepared. I didn't do them yet. <sighs> 
I almost didn't have access because your internet oh crashed God, again. My, don't even get me started. I'm but not I'm, even talking about it. But I'm, I'm using my hotspot on my phone because I oh, always, no, I always. Back. Oh, is your internet yeah, back? Internet's back. I'm now. still gonna use my hotspot because that sounds sexy. <laughs> All right, <laughs> back in March. Baby, use your hotspot. Oh, use the. <laughs> oh, use the hotspot. Uh, back in March, we talked about the upcoming release of 1990s. Tail- like, that sounds like a sex toy you'd get at like Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Turn up the hotspot. <laughs> the Good Grips Hotspot by OXO. <laughs> oh man, I'd buy it. By the way, because OXO puts out quality products. <laughs> We're not sponsored by OXO, but if any of you are listening, I'll take a new salad spinner. Um, <clears throat> is that what you is that what you do in the sack? You just spin salads. <laughs> Is that the sex toy question? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you walked right into that one, James. I sure did. It was fantastic. Uh, back in March, we talked about the upcoming release of 1990s Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. One of my favorite an- anthologies, oh, yeah. hands down. Uh, it's getting a Scream Factory Collector's Edition Blu-ray release. We've learned uh, that the release will be available on August 25th. And will feature a brand new audio commentary with co-producer David R. Caps, Caps or Capus, I don't know. As well as a brand new feature-length making-of documentary called Tales from the Dark Side, The Making of Four Ghoulish Fables. The doc will contain six chapters featuring director John Harrison, producer Mitchell Gallen, director of photography Robert Draper, production designer Ruth Ammon, special makeup and creature effects artist Bob Kurtzman, Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger, creature performer Michael Deke, actors James Reamer and Ray Don Chong, and editor Harry B. Miller. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, six part full length. This is the reason to get this release. I was totally. Looking, I was looking at it earlier. There's only the only <coughs> other new thing added to this disc is a commentary. Yeah. Um, aside, which is actually aside pretty from light. The, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually pretty light for a Scream Factory Scream disc, Factory, especially yeah. for one of their collector's editions. Yeah. Um, that being said, like these documentaries they make are absolutely worth the price of admission on their yeah, own. Yeah. Um, especially this one's like a feature length one. It's like <clears> it's <throat> awesome. Whenever you get those new kind of like look back docs on them, they're yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah, so, really cool. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. <clears throat> All right, uh, stir of ecto. Ghostbusters on the brain. Uh, stir of echoes. Director David Cap or Coep. Uh, apparently, I can't pronounce. Uh, K, K names tonight. I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> no, that was earlier. Yeah, uh, that didn't come out right. <laughs> and, and Stir of Echoes star Kevin Bacon teamed up once again this year to bring us the supernatural horror flick You Should Have Left, which arrived on premium VOD last month. Premium. You got to have that premium if you want to <laughs> see this one. On July 28th, the Bloomhouse, Blumhouse, sorry. Bloomhouse. God, you can't say anything. I, fu- you're I corrected than, you're myself. Worse than me this week. The Blumhouse Horror, which also stars Amanda Seyfried as Kevin Bacon's wife. There's like a 30-year discrepancy there. I honestly, I think more than that. <laughs> uh, and, um, but, but to be fair... Good on him. Kevin Bacon looks good as shit for his age. And... Not all, even for his age. He just looks good. And in all fairness, she looks like she's like 70. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's, that's no, rude. Amanda, Amanda Siegfried's hot. Super rude. Yes, she is. So good on him. Uh, <laughs> uh, that will arrive on DVD 
from Universal on, DVD only? on July 28th. That's that's what it said. That's weird. Yeah. Way to bitch out, Universal. Or yes. they just want you to have to pay a shit ton of money for the high-def version digitally. Yeah. Yeah. You mm. know? Well, fuck them. Charge a premium that way. Because they get the same price, only they don't have to actually make anything. So it's way more profit to them. Sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Is that the game they're playing? It's the game, James. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I will murder someone. <laughs> All right. Now available for pre-order on Amazon. Oops, my screen just went away. <laughs> now available for pre-order on Amazon is Vampire in Brooklyn, Wes Craven's 1995 horror comedy starring Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. The release will hit shelves on September 15th and marks the first time that the film will be available on Blu-ray. And that is all for blues. That's it, huh? That's it, huh? All right. Uh, you want some more bummer news? I guess. This is a... Uh, <laughs> so this is um, this is your favorite segment of the news. Uh, because COVID. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, these are more movie dates that have been pushed back due to the ongoing pandemic. Uh, we got some more concrete but dates. But you didn't even use the tagline when you just said that. What? You should have said... These are more movie dates that have been pushed back because, because COVID. <laughs> All right. A Quiet Place Part 2 has been bumped again. Uh, going from its original date of March 20th to September 4th, it is now being bombed all the way to April 23rd, 2021. Good Lord. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff you could see <clears throat> it coming, I think they're starting to realize that shit ain't going to be open. It's not going nowhere. Nope. And they want more than just driving money for uh, for these big releases. Mm. Can't completely blame them if they put all that money into them. Of course. I guess I, I understand it from a uh, business standpoint, but it still sucks. Uh, Antlers, a Gotta movie... Get that uh, almighty dollar. Yeah. Antlers, a movie that we had been looking forward to that we oh, thought yeah. looked really awesome. The Wendigo movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Wait, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's a Wendigo movie. Is it really? Yep. I've, is it I've, for sure? Yes. How did you out? find that out? I was when I was reading about the release for this today. It's apparently it's a take on the Wendigo, which makes more sense now that we know what an actual Wendigo is. I always did. You I didn't. did not. So you are a silly this, goose. This makes more sense to me now. All right. But uh, anyway, though, this was originally supposed to release in April, and it is also. Ooh. <laughs> We're both having problems tonight. Uh, it has also officially been moved to February nineteenth, twenty twenty-one. Okay. Uh, I don't even. That's that seems early to me, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Who yeah. knows if shit's even going to be open then? Mm. Quite frankly, yeah. Um, and then lastly, The Conjuring Three: The Devil Made Me Do It has also been pushed back to next year, uh, from its original September 2020 release to June 4th, 2021. Hmm. So a lot of these. Here's the here's the bright side. Next year, provided that everything can get open back up, maybe there's a vaccine or whatever, it's going to be a fucking bomb summer for movies. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like off and popping, baby. <laughs> off and popping. <laughs> but there's going to be so many movies coming out oh, next yeah, year. Oh yeah, dude! It's gonna like be sweet. every weekend is going to have at least one, if not more, big releases. <clears throat> I really like this. Um, I like the drive-in trend, though, so that we have going on. Hell yeah! I would like to continue with that because we've already been to the drive-in it's three n- times this summer. It's not like the drive-in's going to close either, James. So no, no I'm just continue I'm just, going. I'm just it. saying I would prefer to keep that alive. Oh, I agree. Because <clears throat> because after we went to after we went to see Godzilla and uh, what did we watch after uh, Godzilla? Oh, uh, Captain, Captain America. America. We're like, oh shit, we're gonna go to the drive-in all the time, and then we waited another four years before we went again. <laughs> 
And now we've gone three times in one summer. So oh, yeah. let's keep it going. All right. Um, we're going to end up with some good news here. Mm. Uh, good news on the theatrical front which there isn't much of that these days. Uh, but Peninsula, the follow-up to The Amazing Train to Busan, oh, uh, has been released in international markets in the last week, and it has managed to bring in over $20 million combined uh, over the course of the last uh, last week. I want to say it was in five different markets, five or six markets it opened in. Nice. Uh, it opens up here on the drive-in circuit August 7th. Mm. Uh, so that's not even any U.S. Uh, money coming in yet. So... That's that's good news, you know. The fact that uh, a movie like that is making that kind of money, still even in this current uh, yeah worldly environment we find ourselves in, yeah. so that's good news. And Train to Busan, what a what a great movie to in these current oh yeah in these current I mean, it's times. Literally about a pandemic. Yeah, what a great <laughs> what a great movie to see. So yeah. if or, we if or we terrifying can, or terrifying, you know, the, the virus could mutate and we could all become <clears throat> zombie people. It's almost preferable. <laughs> How therapeutic would it be? <laughs> then all these people who are hoarding guns and shit can use them. Well, how therapeutic would it be? Because like, they these, need therapy too. All these people that like aren't wearing masks that you get so pissed about. Yeah. Like if they're a zombie, you can just fucking take them out. Like you can you can let those aggressions out. Old Slugger and me are gonna have a field day if that happens. You know. <laughs> Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> take that, Karen. <laughs> Oh Lord! Uh, Can you imagine uh, if your name was Karen nowadays? Um, so I've heard there was something on the news. Such a bummer. There was something on the news about uh, people named Karen are seeking um, uh, therapy and stuff now because oh, they feel off. like they're yeah. It's it's so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, if your name's Karen, it sucks to be you right now. That 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 is true. <laughs> it, <laughs> I, don't, a, I don't I don't know that it warrants therapy. It but, does, you know. but have a laugh about it. You know. Yeah. You know? Unless you're Karen. Well, unless you're like actually a uh, Karen, and then unless you... you are currently asking to speak to management. <laughs> yeah, if you if you live up to the name, then fuck off. Just deal with it. Have a laugh. Yeah. Have a drink. Stop being such a fucking cunt. Ch- change. Your... <laughs> <laughs> How about that for an answer? And also, you know what? It costs like sixty dollars to change your name. We're gonna have to do a correction on that because I don't know how much it costs to actually change your name, but it's not expensive. Are you sure about that? Just change your name. How many times have you changed your name? <clears throat> Let me see. We got we got James, we got Jimmy, we got Jimmy All Your Money, we got Spoonie Love, we got Jimmy Von, Jimmy Sex. Von Sex. So it's been quite a few. That's true. That's true. None of them legal, of course. So, so, you, so you spent no money. But I, but I spot you a tenner every time I do it for whatever reason. <laughs> it's a ten bucks. All right. I'm into that. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's, uh, that's your news. That's the news. So we're going to take a little break. Okay. Uh, refill our coffee cups. Okay. Uh, get another Shiner Bach. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll I'm, go- I'm picking up what you're putting down. We'll come back and we're going to talk about <clears throat> hardcore dancing. Yeah. And how stupid you look when you do it. <laughs> Seriously, anybody that goes to hardcore shows, if you're hardcore dancing, just know I'm judging you and I probably hate you. I was thinking of, <laughs> do people still hardcore dance? Fuck yes, they do. Do they really? Oh, yeah, they do. Oh my God. Yep. I got a funny story about that well, I was, when we come back from break. I was thinking about that today because I knew that the title that you wanted to use, and I was like, I wonder how like I wonder how stupid people feel now looking back on 2004 <laughs> and knowing that they were the kids who were doing this move <laughs> I feel in the stu- middle of <laughs> I feel stupid, but for much different reasons. Oh. <laughs> well, let's get into it when you come back when we come back. That's not. All right, we'll be back in a second. Bye-bye. 
throughout this they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right. So, uh, so Grindhouse. This is a weird. Uh, it's a weird one because, yes, it's two different movies, but they are made to be viewed together as one experience. Like, that's kind of the the whole idea behind them. Like there was people when this got released in theaters. There's people that would go. They would sit through Planet Terror and then leave because they thought the movie was over. Silly. Like kids. not knowing there was a whole another hour and a half worth of you know movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, in the beginning of this, the uh, well, because they they had no, uh, I mean, like the idea of grind grindhouse double features were something that were completely new to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And if you weren't alive in the seventies down in in New York, which I think my and we've talked about this before, I think my my favorite my favorite version of New York in movies is the seventies, where you have like all the old theaters down the strip or all that. You know, it's like those throwback. Uh, throwback of how new york was in the 70s i love the look of it it's grimy and dirty and like it's just like i don't know so you have all these grindhouse theaters that are playing like this one could be playing like a fucking like a half porno movie like this one's like (laughs) and then well hell they had porno theaters too like down broadway and stuff like it's just it's just like that slice of life is awesome to me um and like whenever i see it portrayed mike Mike wants to be able to walk off the street and go have a slap Within the next two minutes. Why would you not want that? You walk into a theater, <laughs> you pay two bits, and before you before you know it, you're having a slap. Can you think of anything better? I can't, no. I know, it's awesome. I'm on board with you. What a life. <laughs> what a life. Just don't touch the armrest. <laughs> oh, boy. Especially now. It's COVID and jizz. Oh, yeah. and-, and those, and COVID and jizz. Oof, there's a combo. Winning combo. No, like those mm-hmm. those theaters used to be open twenty four hours a day too. Like like people like you hear stories of like directors talking about that time, you know, that time when you would have to go to these disgusting grindhouse theaters to see these these movies, these genre movies that would come through because they weren't playing in regular theaters, you uh-huh. know? A lot of these like B movies and exploitation movies and all that kind of stuff. And like yeah, they talk about you'd go there and it would be like nine o'clock at night and you'd see just like people sleeping in there because that's just where they slept for the night. Like mm-hmm. homeless people or whoever would be there just that was where they where they were. People would get up and leave all the time. It was just a revolving door. And it's just like it's like I said, it's a weird slice of life. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino have such a, a reverence for for that slice of life as well, that they wanted to make this grindhouse throwback that nobody really understood. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly, people didn't get it, and it yeah. bombed in theaters. People was just, just didn't really get it. Did it, it really bomb? I'm pretty sure it did, yeah. Mm. It did not do the kind of business that they thought that it was going to, uh, which is one of the reasons why they ended up releasing it separately on DVD when the movies came out. So here's the thing. like Because you're meant to see this as like a three-hour-long uh combo film basically mm-hmm. you know you have both movies plus a whole bunch of faux trailers they would play before in the middle and then after you know the movies and all that stuff um and it uh it, it ends up being about three hours and change worth of uh worth of movie um 
individually, when they were released on DVD, they were longer cuts. Yeah. Uh, Planet Terror doesn't have too much put in back in, but I know that Death Proof has something like 25 extra minutes that they cut out of the movie for the actual theatrical version of it. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Quite frankly, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, which I have a lot of a lot of thoughts on on Death Proof coming up here. I, I may have been a bit of a convert. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I knew it. But um. But yeah, so they're very they're different movies though. At least uh, Death Proof for sure is a different movie on on DVD. I know that in some markets it was actually released as uh, separate movies as well. I know in Mexico, it was released as two separate movies with those um, uncut versions as the theatrical experience. Yeah, the European version too, because was it? Um, probably because it didn't do well in the states. Well, and I think it I think it had to do with the. Uh, the idea of a grindhouse feature too, like a double feature, that it's just not something that they were familiar with. Yeah, that's true. So this idea—I guess I never really thought about grindhouse being an American idea, like the whole grindhouse theater uh, experience being more of an American thing. I, I guess maybe it is. That never really dawned on me, but that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a wholly uh, American tradition. The the idea of grindhouse, so mm-hmm. they didn't understand it over there. So they'd be like, "Well, why am I getting two movies?" Yeah. For the price in of America, one, it doesn't make any sense. In America, you get grindhouse cinema. In Italy, you get shitty cinema. Hey! Hey! <laughs> That'll ruffle some feathers. <laughs> in Soviet, no, I'm kidding. In Soviet Russia, the movies watch you. That's weird. <laughs> That's real weird. Even <laughs> Soviet... Damn voyeurs. Um, anyway, though, uh, so the first movie we're talking about is Planet Terror, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, both these movies came out in 2007. Be weird if one came out separately. That would be bizarre. Be bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so in 2007, uh, you started with Planet Terror by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, after an experimental bioweapon is released, turning thousands into zombie-like creatures, it's up to a ragtag group of survivors to stop the infected and those behind its release. Don't you? Just, um, don't you just love ragtag? I do. I do. It's a great. It, it's a great title for a, a group, a ragtag rag group. Tag. It sounds like a you know what you're getting. It sounds like a hip hop group from the '90s. The rag, t- <laughs> the ragtag crew. Like, doesn't it? <laughs> like, they'd be on, uh, like they, a really lame, like, they, like they, a really lame rap group. They'd though. be on tour with uh, Crisscross and Digital Underground or something like that. <laughs> the ragtag crew. Um, yeah. So uh, this movie is is pretty much as balls out gory slimy sloppy zombie as you can imagine like it's it, it really is everything just accentuated <clears throat> you know like when a bullet when a bullet hits a, a zombie it doesn't just like shoot them and like a squib goes off it's like you're throwing a water balloon of blood at them every single time a bullet hits them yeah. and it's so gross and sloppy and i love it now <laughs> it, so i imagine those still were squibs going off oh yeah those or they had... were, or they were digitally done i don't think it was digital because I, I i i feel especially with uh Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino making these movies, they wouldn't want to rely too heavily mm-hmm. on, you know, like it was a tribute to the 1970s grindhouse features. They would want to keep it as um with, uh, as practical as possible, right? Mm-hmm. If those were squibs going off, those had to hurt. Which were the biggest squibs I've ever seen, if they were actually squibs? The explosion that would have, have to happen for that kind of blood splatter would be intense yeah. yeah there's there there's a couple parts where like they're uh they're driving 
their their vehicles through crowds of zombies and like the the second that they hit the zombies it's like they just completely <laughs> explode and it's amazing which kind of makes sense if you think about it i think a lot of other movies get zombies wrong they're essentially uh, basically putrefying that is true at every second because it's a dead body up and walking around decomposition still happens so if you hit a zombie who's been walking around for you know mm-hmm. a day or two yeah that thing here's, would explode. Here's another thing that a lot of zombie movies don't touch on. That world must stink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never thought like about if you're, that. If you're living in like a zombie apocalypse and there are just zombies everywhere, oh. it just always fucking reeks. It like really would. death. And I've never seen a zombie movie pay attention to that fact. <clears throat> That's a good point. The smell of like decomposing bodies. That's... Mm-hmm. Awful. Yeah. Yuck. (laughs) Yuck. You know, that makes... Okay, so you put on this movie that we're watching now, the Dawn of the Dead remake, right? Uh Kind of makes... It kind of makes movies like this slightly unrealistic if you think about it. Like, a zombie would never really be able to sneak up on you. No, it'd be like a bear. They they say, like, when you're in the woods, like, you can always smell a bear when it's around because it has, like, a very, very distinct smell. I don't. I can't confirm that. Yes, I've no, never, that's no, that's true. I've never smelled watch, a bear. I watch a lot of uh, Discovery <laughs> Channel. Um, you can smell a bear, like when, if it's if it's near you. Can so a bear can't smell sneak it. up on you. Well, it's not that they can't, but chances are you're going to you're going to get a whiff of this absolutely like just disgusting odor coming off of this animal. Do they zombie really would, smell bad? Yeah, yeah, a zombie would be the exact same way. Yeah. So I so but, I call I call bullshit on all zombie movies. No, I don't know though, man. Because if it's a if it's a realistic zombie movie from nowadays, and you have COVID, it destroys your sense of smell. Oh. So if you got COVID and you're in a zombie apocalypse, you're fucked. Oh wow. You're just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Takes away one of your. Uh, takes away one of <laughs> one of your <laughs> one of your abilities to sense a zombie. I think we're looking too far into this. That's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> sounds like a full moon movie if I've ever heard it. Well, there is there is Corona. I know zombies. That there's Corona zombies, but did they include the idea that you can't smell the zombies coming? I feel like we need to watch it now, James. Damn you! <laughs> I was not planning on watching that. I don't want to watch any full moon movies. Okay, so you have Cherry played by Rose McGowan. She is uh, she is a stripper who Cherry. no longer wants to be. A, I'm sorry, go go dancer. Baby. She's a go go dancer difference yeah there's a difference. according to her there's a difference well there is a difference go-go dancers don't get nude so yeah. is a go-go dancer just basically like burlesque because burlesque dancers don't get nude either see what she was doing seemed to me more like burlesque that's what i'm saying because there's a different there's strippers there's burlesque and then there's go-go dancers go-go dancers i always thought were more just like uh like dancing in skimpy outfits sure Burlesque is still sort of the burlesque is like halfway between go go and full on stripping. You know what I mean? True. Bur- Lots of tassels. Bur- burlesque is more about the entertainment value. Okay. Whereas so like a, whereas stripping is just like okay, let's see. It's like a let's stripping see some, variety show. Let's see some naked chicks or dudes <laughs> or dudes because there's snake there's you know there's male strippers too. No, oh, yeah. Magic Mike. I've been to Pipe Place. <laughs> pipe Place. <laughs> 47 Pipe Place. <laughs> so Rose McGowan is a go-go dancer. Uh, she, she quits her job 
And uh, as she's going, as she's walking to, I guess, the barbecue <clears throat> place, wherever she's headed to, mm. uh, she gets passed by a whole bunch of uh, like military compound vehicles or whatever. They pretty much almost like run her over. And Fergie. <clears throat> and Fergie. For whatever reason. Hey, uh, Fergie was in this movie for one particular reason, and that particular reason is her ass. <laughs> That's it. Because she doesn't stay lo- alive long enough to have any other point in this movie. <laughs> She's a good-looking butt, and you know what? I think they cast it well. You are a pig. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if thinking Fergie has a nice ass makes me a pig, guilty. Pig. 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 Sorry. I'm offended, and you're a pig. Sorry. Um, yeah, so Rose, so Rose McGowan gets... She's a, she's a fine actress. <laughs> <laughs> Rose McGowan gets almost run over by the military people and Fergie. Mm. She ends up meeting Fergie at like a gas station later on or something like that. But like I said, Fergie dies pretty pretty early on in the movie. She's not even <clears throat> any part to do with it. Yeah, I actually... this was, So this is my first time seeing Planet Terror, mm-hmm. or Planet of Terror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Planet, Planet of Terror. <laughs> Planet of Terror. Um, I was hoping Fergie was going to stick around longer. Yeah. Because I like Fergie. Yeah. Black Eyed Peas? She's got nice lady lumps. <laughs> She's got lady, the lady lumps. I want to know is uh, how come every time she comes around, my London London Bridge will not go down? <laughs> uh, because you have erectile dysfunction in that you always have a boner. <laughs> That's why you need like the green pill. It's the anti-blue pill. <laughs> I I once heard. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna go off on a thing here. I once heard that uh, <laughs> this this is gonna be a weird little sidetrack here. I once heard that a, a guy's natural state, not uh, uh, the 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 penis, the penis, the natural state of the penis is actually erect. But we have a chemical in our brain that tells it to go down. It's almost like you know how a switchblade, a switchblade, the natural, uh, the natural position of a switchblade is open because there's a spr- there's a spring that keeps it open, and you actually have to push it closed. Yeah. I've heard that it's the same with our with our junk. The worst part about this is now you're going to make me look up boner science. To see if that's right or not for a correction next week. <laughs> I feel like it's something that we should know. That's fair. It's a learning experience, James. <laughs> and that's and that's why and that's why there's the uh, the ever common morning wood. It's because when you when you go to sleep and all of your body and your brain shuts well not your brain but everything shuts down, it just kind of allows your natural tendencies. I mean, to I take suppose over. that makes sense. It does. And then when you wake up, that chemical comes back floods floods back in and goes okay and you're, it's you're, time to put the switchblade back down well and it's kind of like a switchblade because if you try to pull it down it just springs right back up it's <laughs> it's kind of like a switchblade it's dangerous <laughs> right watch out you lose an eye um <laughs> what the fuck we even talking about yeah i'm Dicks sorry i'll stop blades. i'll stop talking about erections um now. yeah <clears throat> you basically get two crews of people you have your your scientist military people that have this weird gas stuff that is like the gas. The gas is almost like there. It stops them from mutating. The gas itself causes the mutations, but then there's also an antidote. Okay. So they these guys who are wearing the gas mask throughout. So you have Bruce Willis who pops up, mm-hmm. uh, um, and he's got he's with a whole crew of military people, and they're all wearing these masks. And you've come to find out that 
they're all basically wearing the mask because once you've been exposed to the gas that turns you into a, a zombie or starts eating away at your flesh or whatever, mm-hmm. you pretty much have to have a constant stream of the antidote going into your yep. like into your system and it'll stop to you. keep and, you from transforming into a zombie. And if you don't have it, like your skin will start bubbling and turn all goopy and shit. It happens really fast. It's cool. It really, like it I, is really fast. The, the, the way it when he. When he takes his mask off in the beginning of the movie, he almost does it as an intimidation sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't even want to see what's going to happen. Well, because I... once you start, once you start inhaling that uh, antidote again, though, it actually makes the the <clears throat> pustules go down and they go away. Yeah. So it actually reverses it as well as it keeps it at bay. Yeah. Um. So what? So when he when they first show up on the military base. And the the scientist who has all who has all the canisters of gas and everything. Mm-hmm. What I can't remember. They're trying to get all of those canisters of yeah, gas they were, away from. They were him. trying to make a deal for it, but then they had more or something like that. They were holding out some some more product, basically. Okay, and um, then yeah. So, so was the original, and so uh, Bruce Willis was with the military. Like they basically just wanted all of it so that they could, you know keep it and store it, it and potentially they, use it as it, a biological yeah. weapon if yeah. they needed to, right? And they needed the antidote as well. Uh oh, well, yeah, so and and then you find out like throughout the movie there's some people who are basically unaffected by this gas that's been released mm-hmm. throughout uh this entire town and these people are the people who are natural carriers for the antidote, like something in their blood just doesn't allow them to turn into these freakish mm-hmm. blister monsters <laughs> blister <laughs> some, monsters some of the some of the special effects in this movie with the blisters in particular mm-hmm. are just fucking disgusting oh yeah oh the effects in this are great like the uh the the first scene where who was it that comes in comes into the uh to the hospital and Josh Brolin's character is is uh looking is like kind of examining him and he <laughs> he looks at the bite he realizes that the shit's spreading throughout this guy's arm and then he goes can i just see your tongue real quick the guy oh, sticks yeah. oh. his tongue out and there's pustules all over his tongue and he squeezes one of them and it squirts onto his glasses it's oh, so God. disgusting it's funny how that grosses me out yeah i can watch like those dr pimple popper videos oh yeah i can watch those all day long yet, yeah yet the things in the movies that you know are fake gross me out even more that's that's when you know you're dealing with some really good special effects yeah. uh, it's artists disgusting. because if you can because there's already tons of disgusting shit that exists on the internet if you can make your stuff more disgusting than what already exists on the internet then mm-hmm. you're talented yeah you're extremely talented because <laughs> and then there was later on in the movie that same guy comes up to Josh Brolin's character. And squeezes one on his own neck. Oh to, yeah, to shoot it at him, and it covers his whole face. It's so gross, dude. Um, so Josh Brolin, like you said, plays a uh, uh, he's a, uh, a doctor at the hospital, and he's married to uh, Doctor Dakota Black and or uh, Block, and their whole relationship is like on the fritz. She's trying to leave him for another woman, and he ends up like trying to lock her into a closet and like killing her at one point in time. Guys, guys, a real piece of work. Does he kill her? He, he I mean, doesn't... He, he was going to. Yeah, he was going to give her all the uh, needles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he, he ends up making her hands completely numb at one point. In that time. <laughs> bit throughout the movie is one of the funniest bits. And also, like, when you think about going through that, also mm-hmm. one of the most, like, 
That'd be terrible. Just completely losing all well, at all one point in time, over your hands. She, she escapes from the hospital after the hospital gets completely un- overrun by zombies. And she goes out to try to open her car. And she puts her, ha- her whole hand in the car handle in order to open it. And then she trips and falls and her wrist just like completely snaps. She pretty clearly breaks her wrist at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But later in the movie, and I'm not, I'm not too worried about <laughs> consistency in this type of movie. But later on in the movie, she's she's using that wrist pretty freely. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, 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 I did. Uh, I love that scene where he confronts her in the closet because, like, the idea of because she's holding her hands up. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I'm not the type of person. I've ha- I have tattoos. I don't mind getting shots and stuff like that. I'm not a person who's afraid of needles. But the idea of defensively holding your hands up and somebody repeatedly repeatedly stabbing you. I'm going to move my hands. Repeatedly stabbing you in the hands with a hypodermic needle. That is so cringy to me. Yeah. It, the thing is, I would not stay there and keep getting stabbed over and over. I'd be swinging. Like, if somebody was trying to stab me with needles... Well, I, you're also talking about, like... you fighting back like crazy. You're also talking about, like, a 115-pound g- woman against Josh Brolin, who's... She could be scrappy. Well, I'm, and you she don't know is. That. And she is. She proves that by the end of the movie, but <laughs> this movie goes so far with certain things. Like, there there was the scene with the kid and the gun in oh, the car. God. Yeah. And I'm like... So, this is... I had I had never... When Grindhouse came out... I had only ever seen Death Proof. Okay. I don't know why. I didn't see the whole feature. I'd only seen Death Proof up to this point. So this was my first time ever seeing um, Planet Terror. And (laughs) that scene, when she opens the glove box and she hands the kid the gun, and I go, no, 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 no. But then I'm like, oh, it's a movie. The kid will probably, like, a couple zombies will pop up and the kid will waste them or whatever. And then she gets about 10 steps away from the car and you hear the gun go off. And I go, no, (laughs) no. And she goes back and she looks in the window and the kid shot himself in the head. I was like, kids, kids getting hurt. Instagram. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake, man. It was so sad. And then the rest of the movie, she's holding out of nowhere. The rest of the movie, she's holding his body and talking to him like a psychopath. And like, you should have known. You should have known. I told mommy told you not. I was like, God, that is fucking dark, dude. Yeah, it, um, apparently uh, Robert Rodriguez didn't feel comfortable with any other with any actor actually playing that role, so he had his own son play. Oh, that's play his the kid? kid. Yeah, no his, way. his son Rebel wow. played uh, played the kid who shot himself. Rebel Rodriguez, that's his name. Wow, pretty sweet name, actually. That's cool. Um, and and what's what's cool about uh, her character? So uh, uh, Dakota Block, uh, her son Tony, who is now uh, dead. Her father is played by Michael Parks, uh, the sheriff. Yeah. And it's really cool mm-hmm. because this character is the same character that was in the beginning of From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Same character that was in, I want to say, Kill Bill, I think. I There's do think so, yeah. Both, both Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof, they're kind of, it reminds me of, of the, the Kevin Smith way of storytelling where all of these different in-jokes that are in this movie exist in their other movies' universes. <laughs> it's, not only, it's not only they take place in the same universe, they 
they specifically go out of their way to make sure that they intertwine mm-hmm. all of the elements of the universe, which even, is really cool. Even dumb stuff like the uh, the Great White Shark cereal that the kid was eating. Yeah. In the beginning, that's from one of his other one of uh, I think Tarantino's or oh uh, yeah or Rodriguez's other movies. Like, yeah. They played back and forth in both movies so much. Yeah. There's tons of little stuff that's uh, it, uh, like. Uh, Stuff from Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, yep. stuff like that, that you can that you can find in in multiple other movies. It's just from fun both for directors. they don't add anything to the story, but it's fun from a uh, from a fan perspective. They're Easter eggs. Yeah, just a little everybody Easter likes yeah. looking for Easter eggs in movies, and this these two movies are They're chock, chock full, full of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so they uh, this whole the whole movie centers around this barbecue joint that everybody ends up kind of convening at at the end. Yeah. So you have uh, you have um, you have Michael Bean's character, Sheriff Haug, uh, who is um, Hague. The, the, Hague, sorry, Haug. Where Haug from? Haug. <laughs> uh, Michael Bean's character and JT, the owner of the barbecue place, are brothers. Uh-huh. So the barbecue place ends up being sort of like their their base camp, and all the characters eventually meet there, and they you know they go out and fight. By this point in time, yes, we're just going to gloss over the fact that Rose McGowan has a machine gun for a leg. <laughs> well, we don't have to gloss over it. We'll get to it later, though. <laughs> She uh, how the wait, how the hell did she lose she her got leg? She, oh she got she, she got taken away by some zombies and they ripped her leg off yeah and then she was at the hospital and uh, and El Ray is like man up pussy and he just shoves like a, a table leg into her stump <laughs> <laughs> it's great the the first uh, the first couple oh my god I'm I was gonna talk about the first couple times you see her trying to walk on it but then all of a sudden the love scene popped into my head and there's the scene. Where it's just like you see his back like he's, you know, on top of a missionary. And then you see both of her legs go up except for one of them is the table table leg. leg. (laughs) It's so funny. It's like right up next to his head too. Like they're trying to make it as sexy as possible, but it's it's just not. It's it's just fucking ridiculous. It's fantastic. Um, Uh, Jeff Fahey played JT. I loved Jeff. mm -hmm. I I loved him. He's great. And, you know, I... I never, re- I didn't realize, because uh, I've seen Machete. Yep. Which Machete was one of the faux trailers from Grindhouse that ended up, you know, everybody saw it and they're like, oh my God, this movie I'm has still, to be made. I'm still waiting for the third one. Oh, it's, it's Machete, <laughs> Machete, Machete kills, space. and then Machete kills <laughs> in space. <laughs> you can't a, do that, though. You got to wait until the fourth installment. Well, there's a teaser for it at the end of the second movie. Is there? Oh, it's, it looks amazing. That's fantastic. And they were supposedly going to make it. Like, that was. <laughs> Something that was going to happen. Oh, I don't see why they wouldn't. And then, but then it never happened. I mean, this is years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, didn't it? I mean, it took, it, it initially took years to make the actual machete That's movie. That's true. Didn't it, it did. Yeah. But who knows? Um, who knows if we'll ever actually get it? I hope we do. So Jeff Fahey as JT, he's, uh, he's just the awesome dude who has the barbecue joint who's guarding the, Guarding the uh, the uh, recipe for his amazing barbecue the entire time, <laughs> realizes that blood is like the secret ingredient. That's missing it, it needs salt. because oh, the blood mixed with the barbecue sauce. Um, it's great. Marley Shelton is Dakota Block. Josh Brolin, her mm-hmm. husband, William Block. Um, Rose McGowan, Freddie Rodriguez, Michael Bean. I didn't realize that was Michael Bean. Oh yeah. Uh, I like him a lot, and I can't believe I didn't realize that. He's was in him. fucking everything. Tombstone, Johnny mm. Johnny Johnny Ringo. <laughs> have you seen Tombstone yet? Yeah, yes, I have. I did finally see it. You did? I did. You better. I it's did. Awesome movie. <laughs> um, 
yeah, Bruce Willis, Naveen Andrews played Abby, who was the uh, the uh, scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it for like the main cast. But uh, yeah, if, if it sounds like we've been a little bit all over the place talking about this one, it's because this movie's kind of all over the place itself, um, and it's weird. Like I'm when I'm when I'm thinking back to like how to properly describe this movie. Um, I'm, it's it's weird. I'm almost having a hard time going back and describing it, and I think I might know why. The even though I've seen this movie, this was I mean, when we watched it the other night. This had to have been probably my seventh or eighth time seeing it. I watched mm-hmm. it a lot back in the day. This movie is it doesn't feel as um, competent as I used to think that it was. Like I like this movie a lot. And I used to love this movie way more than Death Proof. I hated Death Proof. And I, like I said at the beginning of this, I think that I might be a bit of a convert. Um, and I think one of the things that I can point it to is that this movie is... I spent a lot of time paying attention more so to the fake film grain and fake... Um, like all the scratches and the old, like they tried to make it look like an old beat up print from the seventies sure, yeah. with like the cigarette burns and the, the, the melted film and the scratches and all that stuff. But it looked re- it looked really fake. It looked like it was like a, like a, a layer they put on top of everything. Cause that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And, to, and honestly it was a little bit distracting cause every scene that was playing in, it was almost like they put that, like that style as the forefront rather than the story. And the story was already kind of crazy and zany to begin with <laughs> that I found it at times a little bit difficult to actually like pay attention to what was going on because maybe it's just my maybe it's my ADD but like my eyes my eyes were darting all over the place mm-hmm. throughout this entire movie. So it's like I know what the movie was about and I've seen it but to go back and actually like try to you know, pick out certain things. I'm finding it difficult for some reason. So the mo- I don't so, I don't know why. So the fake the fake movie scratches were that distracting. They you really think? were. Yeah. There's there's a version <clears throat> on the um on the Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure you can actually watch it without that. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. And I really want to watch that version of it now. Uh, now that I know that's like a thing. Um, because the thing is, is that the Tarantino movie Death Proof didn't do that. It did not have the fake scratches. What Tarantino did is he actually literally beat actually the shit. He the... literally beat the shit out of the print, so it was natural looking. Yeah, it wasn't as distracting to the eye. Yeah, because it wasn't all over the place. It wasn't so, like you know the you know the um the cassette tape from uh, Airheads that gets like she throws it out of the car, gets run over a bunch of times, dog, dog pisses, pisses on. on. <laughs> like that's what this movie looked like. If they had done that to the, the movie things, only it didn't look natural. Yeah, and I kind of it was like I said watching it now. You know, years later, after after had you know watching it when I was younger, it it was almost too distracting, and I would say that's a, that it takes away from the movie a little bit. I don't know if I know. Yeah, I don't know if I noticed how. Maybe and it might it might have just been because I it was my first time watching it that I didn't. Mm-hmm. I I mean I definitely the the film the film scratches and stuff on this when they do happen you can tell that they're fake. Sure. Um. And and, may, and you know what I, and and watching watching Death Proof I I never now that I'm thinking back on it I I I found myself during this movie going oh like yeah I was noticing the movie scratches in Death Proof I didn't notice them they were more of like a subconscious 
cue that I because picked it was up natural. On, it yeah. just looked like you were watching an old print of a movie. Yeah, so that's a that's a good. Point. They also <clears throat> lined up music cues to a lot of like the uh, the burnouts that they put into it. Oh, did they? Really? Yeah, I would notice that. Like they would have big big booms in the music right when like <clears throat> the film would like uh, like for one frame it was burnt up or something like that. And they, they so matched almost, it up. Almost like uh Robert Rodriguez wanted the um the burnout the like yeah, burnouts and stuff to be to part, be a to be a movie. focal point yeah. of the movie. Yeah, and I, and I Which honestly, I guess is I guess in a way is kind of cool. Yeah, I think that you can that there's such thing as overdoing it though, and, and I think that yeah, that stylized choice that he made was way overdoing it. Yeah. He could have dialed that back probably by about fifty percent. And I think it would have been way more effective. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, um, that being said, this movie's super fun. Oh uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> I love it. Fun. Like the f- special effects were great. By the end, when Rose McGowan, uh, her character Cherry, gets the, the machine gun leg, how does she fire it? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like the first time she fires it, that popped into my head. I was like, because you can. Still I was like, see how the does? Trigger. I was like, how does she pull the trigger? And then. I, I said that to myself in my head. How does she pull the trigger? And then the next second, my brain was going, Who cares? Doesn't matter. It's she's, just she's got a machine gun for she a leg. She has a machine gun for a leg. Like that's that's all you really need to know about it. It, it doesn't really matter is. how she fires it. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she wields it well. And uh, it's kind of like the main focus of the rest, like the end of the movie mm-hmm. is just her dealing well, she's out like the hero dealing the out yeah. damage with the uh with the machine gun and the whole, th- the the whole thing with El Ray in the beginning saying, like, because uh, she gets her leg ripped off and he's shooting at them with this like M sixteen with a night scope that mm-hmm. he pulled out of his wrecking <laughs> truck and you're like, why does he have an M sixteen? And he's like, I, I don't know, I couldn't get him, I never miss. And then at the very end, when spoilers, he's about to die and he and after they've had their love scene and he puts his hand on her belly and he goes. You're, you're still going to have to... Uh, she's like, I don't think I can do this alone. He goes, you're not going to do it alone. I told you I never miss. <laughs> and he puts his <laughs> hand on her belly like sh- he knows she's pregnant. <laughs> and then at the end, she's riding through... It's, they're somewhere down in like South America. In the, they're in the or Caribbean some, or something like that, yeah. Something like that. They're riding on horseback and she's got a fucking Gatling gun on her leg with a baby strapped to her back. It's just... It's all so it's all ridiculous and really delightful. There was a uh, there was a post credit scene too that I don't think we watched, um, and I forgot that it was even there until I read about it. But wait, how, how would we have not watched it? Because I don't think we made it to the end. Oh wait, we, yeah, we watched we had the whole thing. Back, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Then I just don't remember that. I must have glanced away or something. But there's a post credit scene where Tony, the kid that shot himself in the uh, in the head, was playing with his scorpion and his tarantula and his his other maybe this is just the unrated version on the dvd oh yeah because i might yeah maybe that's i don't what it remember is. seeing this so there's a post credit scene then presumably on the dvd only where it shows tony on the on that same beach playing with his animals in that cage basically he got the virus and he didn't actually die and <laughs> he's now on this paradise beach with the rest of the survivors but he has the virus like he's well, otherwise, is he he'd mute- be, otherwise he'd be dead is he all mutated Shit. i Again, I don't remember watching it this time. I, I had read about it and then remembered it, but oh. we didn't. Apparently, we didn't watch it this time. So. Yeah, I don't remember seeing yeah. that. So, 
Um, yeah, I think it's 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 interesting that there's that there's two cuts of both movies that you can watch separately that are they're cut differently for a different viewing yeah. uh, experience, basically. Yeah, um, if, I think that's kind of cool. If I had to just, I I've seen the uh, I've seen the standalone version of Death Proof. I don't know. I, it, that was years ago. Mm-hmm. This was my first time seeing this. If I had to guess, I think that like the experience that you get watching it with all the faux trailers and watching the two movies back to back, like that's the best way to view it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. Like I don't really care that much about any of the any of the thing. I mean, of course, I'd I'd like to see them just to see what they are, but like as far as deleted scenes or extended versions or anything, I think the the way we watch it is the best way to watch it. Yeah, which is why, and you can find it on YouTube of all places. The yeah. three hour cut of the movie is on YouTube. Yeah, somebody uploaded it, and that's how we watched it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's there. The one thing that we didn't talk about, and I'm just going to leave this as a cliffhanger before we move on to Death Proof. The scientist in the movie, he collects testicles. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got like a big old jar of testes you know just carries them around <laughs> Robert Rodriguez you are a weird guy that's weird guy that's, that's all I can tell you um, no it's a, it's a fun movie uh, it's it, it's it's just stupid fun that's all that's all it is it's it's the kind of movie that that you is it a is it a is it a good representation of 70s grindhouse though even though even though they tried so hard to make it look like it, I don't actually think that it was. Like it did not. Because death proof. Because one hundred percent. Seventies grindhouse like was more bare bones, like not like well, all, a, all of the over the top special effects and stuff like that. That that's not really. It was a different type of special effects. It was like sure. cr- kind of crudely done, like the like yeah. early early seventies very crude special yeah, like effects I said, and like stuff. Yeah, like I said, like bare like bare bones yeah. practical yeah. practical effects and stuff. These are these are pretty clearly. Um, was it KMB that did this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These are pretty clearly modern, amazing. Yeah, KMB professional effects. And and even on top of that, they, like I said, I think that they put so much emphasis on trying to make it look like that, they actually did it a disservice and made it look less <clears throat> like it. Um, whereas Death Proof, uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino, uh, I think hit the nail right on the head. And I, switching over gears now to to, uh, to Death Proof, I hated this movie. Flip flop, flip flop. For ever until we rewatched it again for this now i hadn't seen it in years right mm-hmm. i like to I like to say that i'm a little bit more uh cinema mature these days wow right there's that's wow. my that's my word that i'm using no but honestly as you grow older though you do tend to with like a lot of things with different tastes whether it be food or movies or whatever you know when you get older you appreciate things i think a little bit differently yeah and that definitely happened with this movie i think that when i saw death proof uh the first time when i was younger I was like, what the fuck is this? It's an hour and a half of people talking with 15 minutes of action at the end of the movie. That's it. Like, I just didn't get it. Like, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're, you're, so 2007, how old were you? Uh, I was like 22, maybe something like that. Yeah. So you're just sitting there going like, where's the tits? Where's the, where's the blood? And coming off of Planet Terror that I loved back then. Yeah. Like, it goes from, from that crazy roller coaster ride of a movie to, Literally, people just talking for an hour and a half, and this was long before I was into Quentin Tarantino stuff. It was long I was, before I was, I was gonna, into. I was gonna say it goes from crazy blood and action stuff to a Tarantino movie, y- which y- yeah, which yeah. you have to know what you're getting into when you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. 
He's one of like as far as as far as writing goes and stuff. I'd say he's one of the most verbose people in. Oh yeah, in filmmaking. Now I will still say this: Death Proof is. If there was ever a cinematic version, and I, I and I, and trust me, I know that there could be a cinematic version of this, but I'm not talking about that. If there was a movie cinematic version of Quentin Tarantino sucking himself off, it's this movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it really is. Like it's there's more talking in this movie than there isn't in even his other movies without action at least to break it up. I wouldn't say that. What every other movie of his, there's there's at least bits of action to break up the yeah, the I talking guess. in every single movie. Well, I, I mean, mean, all of his some movies of, are some, dialogue. Some heavy, of the longest, some of the longest shot. I mean, because I mentioned Reservoir Dogs earlier. That that whole scene where they're sitting around, they do that one or like there's a really long one or when they're eating breakfast. Yep. Uh, I, I, I think I I read somewhere that that's supposed to be basically a, like a recreation of a of a scene from. Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. so it's it's not it's not like you're getting something terribly new. Well, even from in, Quentin Tarantino, even like in he, Reservoir Dogs, or whatever. Yes, it's all talking, but the <clears throat> scenes change. You're yeah. in different areas. You're in different. You know, you're with different characters. This is literally the first half of the movie is literally just a group of girls sitting around a table at a bar talking. Yeah. With and then you have uh, uh, stuntman Mike at the bar talking to another chick but like it's just talking though like and and it's in one location with the same characters for 45 minutes right but i think what you probably like why you probably didn't like this a long time ago and what you probably appreciate now is you pay more you pay more attention now to stuff like camera work well there's that uh, yeah and i also appreciate his writing more now like i appreciate how how well of a grasp Tarantino has on language and how literally just watching people talk and can be exciting and how amazing the actors and actresses that he um casts in films mm-hmm. how amazing they are at just being natural in these scenes absolutely like watching a i don't know how much of like uh like for instance the it's the breakfast acting. scene <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of that breakfast scene was uh, improvised, if any at all. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I imagine with with it being a oneer, and knowing that the camera has to make certain moves, a lot of it was not improvised. Because probably, you, probably not. So they they make they make that conversation seem so authentic and mm-hmm. so realistic that it's. You know, and like it makes you appreciate not, when you can o- not only that, the writing and not only the camera work, but also yeah, the, when you can the strike actresses, that the actresses being able to make it seem like you're actually sitting and watching four young girls talk about whatever, nothing. you know, really talk about nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, that when you, when you can strike that <clears throat> balance between the, the written page and then the performance, mm. that's, that's where, that's why Tarantino movies are so good is because he... He won't hire you for the job if you if he doesn't think that you can do justice to his his written work. Right. Um, and yeah. So the so the first the first uh, scene it's you have um, Jordan <clears throat> Ladd character which hmm. Hmm. what oh Jordan Ladd what Mike? she's she's one of my favorite things to do with my eyes. <laughs> 
That sounded weird. <laughs> I knew what I meant. <laughs> Nobody else does. Jordan Ladd is gorgeous, and she's a great actress, and um, I would cast her in anything. Uh, same with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's fantastic in this as well. Babe. Yeah, see, see, we, we both have different picks, I think, for the yeah. Babe, the babe oh, Award this time. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's such a babe. Um, you have, who else is at that table, though? It's the four girls. No, it's, no, this is, uh, so it starts with, you're, at, you're with two different groups of girls right now. There's two different groups of girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Jordan, you're right. You're Jordan right, you're Ladd right. is 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 in the beginning with mm-hmm. uh, um, Tracy Thomas yep. or Tracy Tom. Sorry, who plays uh, who plays Kim? Kim. And then you have Sydney Poitier who plays Jungle Julia. She's the radio uh, DJ. Sydney Poitier. Poitier. Who plays Jungle Julia? Mm-hmm. And then Ver- uh, Vanessa Ferlito, who plays Arlene. Oh, I don't have her down here. Um, she's she's Butterfly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. So Butterfly, it's her birthday or whatever. The the DJ. Oh, I said. Wait, I'm sorry. I said Tracy Kim, uh, Tracy Toms who plays Kim. Kim was. This is all very it's, confusing. Well, it's because it, you have Kim, basically two of the same setups with different endings. Sort right. Of. Right. So it's so it's uh, so it's Vanessa Farli- Farlito mm-hmm. as Butterfly. We'll yes. call her Butterfly, even though she, her name is Arlene. Uh, Sydney Poitier as Jungle Julia. Mm-hmm. Um. Jordan Ladd. Jordan Ladd. Who's Shauna? As Shanna. And then who was the last girl? I can't. Was there another Marcy? girl? No, Marcy? No, no, no. It was just the three of them in the beginning. And then they met up with uh they met up with one other girl who ends up driving the car at the end. Or at the at their end. <laughs> they meet up with that girl in the bar. And then for the second crew of girls, you have Zoe Bell. Playing herself, yeah. Zoe Bell. We'll get we'll get into Zoe Bell. Uh, you have Ro, uh, Rosario, Ro, Dawson. Uh, Rosario Dawson, Rosario um, Dawson, uh, uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Tracy Toms. Yeah. As Kim. Yeah. So sorry, that was super confusing really, and, and really, just completely if you've seen unnecessary. The movie, you know what we're talking about. We're just really, really bad apparently tonight <laughs> at talking about these movies. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 first group of girls though, it's uh, it's Butterfly's birthday, and Jungle Julia basically <clears throat> puts out in the radio earlier in the day that we're going to be hitting the bars tonight. So if you see us, you know, uh, come up to Butterfly and say this. This, recite this poem and she will give you and only one person she'll give you a lap dance or something like that and um stuntman mike who was also at the bar talking to rose mcgowan because rose mcgowan also is uh in this movie as well uh they're just talking at the bar and he ends up figuring out he's watching them you've come to realize you know and he ends up going up to her and reciting this poem. And there's a whole cutout scene of him actually getting the lap dance in the DVD version. Mm. This is one of the big long scenes that they ended up cutting out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not in the theatrical version though. It just basically cuts to a real missing and then the aftermath. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and so like nothing's happening really. They're just talking. Stuntman Mike is giving Rose McGowan's character a a ride home. You've got uh, earlier. You've got Eli Roth acting like a complete. Yeah, oh yeah. Skis I, for, I completely forgot Eli, <laughs> Eli Roth was in it. Yeah, it's it's weird who showed up in this in in this uh, movie. Him and his buddy are talking about like, oh, we just got to get him. This we is where gotta... the this is where the Shiner Bot comes in, come comes into play because uh, they go off to the bar and they're like, oh, we just got to get a few more drinks in these chicks and then they're gonna invite us back to this lake house and yep. he's being a just a complete squid like uh, he says i kind of like that's how he is in real life uh, no i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. maybe Who no knows? he's i'm sure he's a nice man 
Eh. Actually, I've never heard anything bad about him, to be honest with you. I've always heard he's a super, super sweet dude, but... It's funny, like, he makes he makes the type of movies where you would assume that he's kind of a scumbag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. I guess. I don't know. I would make those same kind of movies, though, and I'm not a scumbag. <laughs> well, <laughs> jury's out. He did, he did give his blessing to that Cabin Fever remake, though, and that kind of makes him a scumbag. Mm. So maybe you're right. For sure. Anyway, though, um, so Stuntman Mike ends up leaving with Rose McGowan's character, giving her a ride home, and this is where you realize what he's all about. He's basically got this car that he has death-proofed because he's, you know, he's a stuntman. It's a stunt car. And he's explaining to Jordan Ladd, or Jordan Ladd, to uh, Rose, uh, Rose McGowan's character, Pam, that uh, to really get the, the full effect of how death-proof this car is, you really got to be sitting in the driver's seat. It's a great reveal. It's fantastic. You know, because like he's he seems like a really super nice dude. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he's him. a creeper, but um, he's like sitting there in his 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 like cheesy like shiny members only jacket with icy hot on the back, like you know, his sponsors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Drinking club soda and lime all night, eating nachos in a very disgusting way. Yeah. And, <laughs> although. The nachos look good, so yeah. Not him eating them though. That was like the the grossest. Was it called? What's it called? ASDR? Is that what's called? ASMR. ASMR. It's like yeah. the nastiest ASMR like session. Hearing ever. somebody <laughs> suck cheese off their fingers is oh, fucking God. disgusting. Yeah. But uh, like you think, oh, this guy seems pretty all right, and then he 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 shows her to the car, and on his side of the car, it's death proof because mm-hmm. he's a stunt man. And then she looks at her side, and it's like just this shitty little tin seat he's like well that's where they usually put the camera on blah blah blah. and that reveal when he's when he first pulls up to the corner and he's like you know i told you this this car is death proof well to get the effects of that you really got to be sitting on my side and then he just fucking peels out then he's like but even before he peels off he goes uh he's like well we're gonna have to get to this a little bit quicker than i thought because had you been going this way down the road, mm. we would have played this game for a little bit longer. But being that you want to go the other way, now you kind of know I'm not taking you there. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing that. Yeah, yeah. But she starts to freak out, and then he just like guns it uh, and ends up... Uh, what does he end up hitting? Well, he doesn't hit anything just yet. He's like swerving back and forth, yeah. and her head's like smashing oh. on the windows, and then <laughs> he right. and then he hits the brakes, and her face smashes into the windshield, and then she's just like this blubbering oh. mess in the, in the just like choking on blood and shit. Yeah, it's oh. like oh my, it's it's quite brutal. It it's, is, and it's a really quick sequence too. It only it's a sequence only lasts a few minutes. Yeah, and on and right on the heels of that. He has to go catch up with the other chicks mm-hmm. to take them out. Mm-hmm. So he catches up with them down the road. Like, what does he do? He gets like, behind him with his lights off and then like, speeds he, ahead of he them. He comes up on him really fast with his lights on and then he speeds up and goes, he just blows past them doing like mm-hmm. 120 or something, gets way up ahead of them, spins the car around and turns his lights off. So then he's coming back at him going like 100 or something flicks the lights on right when he's in front of him yeah and split second right before the he they fucking head-on collision like his cards goes right above theirs and he's like he basically like can open it can openers like the entire top of their car they do a, i really love how they did this they did so there was four girls in the car at the time mm-hmm. there's the three original girls plus the other girl they met at the bar um who's driving now and they show they show what happens to all four of them by re- like kind of you see what happens to Jungle Julia mm-hmm. and then they kind of 
play back the accident again and they do it three more times to show what happens to all four all it's four like we're girls. not gonna let you miss anything no. and uh and the worst one butterfly is in the oh, back butterfly oh. her face <laughs> the one of the back tires of the car basically comes down on her face and then he hits the gas again and it just <laughs> just like <laughs> burns out on her face it's it's amazing in the process i remember though, i remember seeing this movie and going what the hell just happened because for the first 40 minutes of this movie or half hour whatever it is you kind of think okay we've established the main characters Mm -hmm. i'm starting to get a connection with them i'm starting to care about them and then all of a sudden they just pull the rug out dead yeah (laughs) all of them and this is where like after this he he destroys his car too he flips over a whole bunch of times his car is trashed as well Mm -hmm. um but he's alive so the movie just cuts right there. Mm-hmm. That could be the whole end of a single movie. Because when we pick back up with these new characters now, it's it's just it's a whole bunch of other new new girls sitting uh sitting around talking again and the whole thing starts <clears> over <throat> with. Right. Um and they're also at a uh, at a uh, a bar. Right? Um, Are they at a bar? Well, this is I think when you first meet them they're in the car driving. And they're talking about like the dudes that they've dated on set and stuff yes, like that's that. That's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then they go out to breakfast, and that's that's the part where they have that really long wonder. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was a bar because you actually see stuntman Mike at the bar of the diner. Yeah, he's sitting that's why there I thought that's why breakfast. I thought it was a bar. But he's he's there in the background, and you it's you blink and you miss him though. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like you see him, you him. see him looking over his shoulder, so he's obviously paying attention to them and mm-hmm. like listening to their conversation. And then you, but he's in the black background blurred. Yeah. But the only thing that kind of really brings your attention to him is he's wearing all black, whereas everybody else in the scene is wearing light colors and the diner that they're sitting is in is all light colored. So it's, it's kind of a, a cool, subtle way to bring attention to him. Yeah. So this is the, <clears throat> this is the, uh, the story where you have Zoe Bell playing herself, yeah. playing a stunt woman. Yeah. She's pretty much playing the... If she couldn't nail this role, nobody else could. Because it's literally her. An amazing stunt woman, too. Man, some of the shit she does in this movie. Yeah, so this is the one with Zoe Bell, Rosario uh, Rosario Dawson. Rosario um, Dawson. Rosario Dawson. You have Mary Elizabeth Winstead and... Who Um, else is it? uh, Tom's. What was the... Thomas. Oh, Tracy Thomas. Tracy Thomas. Yeah, uh, who plays Kim. Yeah. So they're sitting around talking. Again, it's just mindless dialogue that you shouldn't really care about but you do yeah and and that's and again this is what i did not appreciate years ago when i saw mm-hmm. it i was just like what the fuck why are we with these new people why like, let's get to some what action is, what is going on with <laughs> yeah. this movie um and they end up talking about how um zoe bell has always wanted this car she's from new zealand she's from new zealand and she wants all she wants to do when she's in America is drive some real American muscle. Yeah. So and so they find her, like her dream car for sale locally. They go the next day. They're all hungover, or whatever. They go to this this good old boys like farm basically where they've got is it a Charger? Is it a what, what kind of car is it? It's white. It's um, a Challenger. A 19, it's a white Challenger. Uh, 1970 Challenger. So they go there and they're like, well, we want to take it for a test drive. And the thing that that Zoe Bell wants to do. Is she call, she named this the stunt and I forget what it was called, but it's basically where she oh ship's mast ship's mast yeah where she straps herself to the hood and basically body surfs the car going like a hundred miles an hour yeah um 
And Rosario Dawson's character is not a stunt woman. So she's end up sitting in the back, the backseat of the car while Zoe Bell and um, Kim and Kim are doing their thing basically. Yeah. And uh, I give Rosario Dawson way more credit than I think some people do because they did all of these things practically. There was no CG. Yeah. When you when they look like they're going 70 miles an hour, they're going 70 miles an hour. When they look <laughs> like they're going fast, they're going 90, like however fast they were going. Yeah, yeah. They literally were doing it. Zoe Bell was literally strapped to the hood of a car <laughs> going like 75 miles an hour uh-huh. down. Like it, It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. It's how, it's how stunt, uh, stunts used to be done, basically. You yeah. know? Uh, a couple of the stunt guys they actually had for drivers on this were like, classic Hollywood stunt guys, like guys that did all the big muscle stuff, the Steve McQueen stuff back in the day. Like, yeah. like uh, a lot of legends worked on this. And um, like, so everything that you're seeing is practical. So you have Rosario Dawson, though, who's not a stunt person, mm-hmm. who's in the back of this car going these crazy speeds while these, these crazy women are, are <laughs> strapped to the hood. Like, And the, the chick that was driving, uh, Tracy Tom's character, like they showed a a view of from the uh from the driver's seat when zoe bell's on the hood Mm -hmm. your your visibility is like cut in half oh yeah so the fact that she was able to drive the way that she could with like it's crazy what was tracy tom's actually they probably had stunt drivers to drive when zoe bell was on the hood Oh yeah, because yeah, Tracy Tom's yeah. herself is not a stunt. Person. No, no, no. You're right. There was there was a stunt person. Um, um, but even still, yeah, you have a you have a human body on your it's, windshield. And this, the stunt like driver you can't see. Yeah, it's cra- <laughs> it's it's really really crazy. And I guess um, I guess Zoe Bell had originally um, told Quentin. Quentin wanted to get a secondary stunt person for to do the stunts for Zoe when you don't see her face. She's like, and no. she's like, and she's like, no, because if, this is if, what I do. If somebody else was playing it, I'd be hired to do all the same stuff. Stuff. right i'm doing it mm-hmm. and and he let her and this is kind of like the like a creme de la creme i think for her in in terms of like her resume you well know? and that's uh i i think that's maybe something nowadays that when you see this movie you appreciate more than you would have back then is you didn't take into account like <clears throat> because car stunts back in the 70s were like the creme de la creme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Burt Reynolds heydays of car stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like like Dukes of Hazard. They mentioned Vanishing Vanishing Point mm-hmm. in this movie. Um Steve McQueen's Bullet. Steve McQueen's Bullet. Yeah, like all that that was that was what was really sweet back then. So that's and 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 this movie takes it and kicks it up a notch because not only do you have amazing stunt driving, but mm-hmm. you also have a a person on the hood of the car. Yeah. While this thing's going 70, 80, 90 miles down the and it's not even, miles per hour and it's down not the road. not even just the speed, because once they get the Challenger, Stuntman Mike comes back into the picture, and he sees them driving, and he goes, these are the people I'm going to, you know, or or he he's watching them, following them, and <clears throat> the next day catches back up with them. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to fuck with these, with these women. Yeah. And so not only is Zoe Bell strapped to a hood, basically holding straps mm-hmm. on the side of the car, um... She's doing all of this while the stunt driver of the car is actually stunt driving because stuntman Mike is attacking them. Right. So you Zoe Bell, she's flying all over the hood of the car, mm-hmm. going like 70, 80 miles an hour, however fast they were going, you know, miles an hour, 
holding on for dear life while acting and it's it's insane like, it and then really there's is and then crazy. there's parts where she loses grip on the belts yeah and so she's, she's just on the hood of the car with nothing to, yeah. to grab onto like, like can you, it's can you, fucking like, insane and she was like supermanning it at one point she was like belly on the hood looking straight in front of the car we wondered did you look into this at all we wondered if there was any like was she strapped in at I don't all i believe so i watched <laughs> the making of they talk about the stunts crazy. they didn't say anything about something like that that's like, insane, i thought dude. i thought maybe there was like a waist lock that was maybe like drilled into the hood of the car sure, or something yeah. i don't think so because she moved all over the front of that hood that's insane yeah dude like it's i that's it's mind-boggling how and that's why I'm no gl- one got hurt doing yeah. this. It's I'm, crazy to me. I'm glad you're kind of a convert on this movie. Not kind of. You're a convert oh, yeah. on this movie because, like, when you, I think that young you was so distracted by the fact that there's so much talking. You're just like, what the fuck? It's exactly what it was. And you kind of like so that kind of the blood and guts. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> made you gloss over the fact that there's really some amazing stunt work going on in this movie. Yeah, and and if that wasn't <clears throat> badass enough. Once once the driving action comes to a stop and like stuntman Mike pulls his car around and he gets out of the car like he was just having a good old time. Like he's expecting these girls to be like, oh, that was so fun. He puts his arms up in the air like, hey, ladies, I just. <laughs> no, Tracy, I think it's Tracy Tom's Tracy character. Tom's she gets character. out of the car, pulls out a fucking pistol and <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> And he turns into such a blubbering little oh my God. child when he gets, it's, oh God, no, what the fuck? What are you doing? Like one of my, one of my favorite parts though is in, and when you think back to the, uh, when you think back to the conversation that they had in the diner where you think like, oh, this is just mindless. Like it's just dialogue for dialogue's sake, but it's not really because they, they mention in that, in that, uh, in that part of the movie, you get the information that Kim carries a gun, which comes into play later when mm-hmm. she shoots stuntman Mike. Mm-hmm. And they also have the whole story about um, Rosario Dawson's character, Abernathy. The whole conversation, of, uh, the part of the conversation where she mentions how Zoe Bell accidentally backed up and fell into a ditch. But because Zoe, the cat Belle, is who she is, she fell into the ditch and popped right back up because nothing ever happens to her because she's the cat. And Rosario Dawson says, if I would have fallen into that ditch, it would have been the end of me. So, And then that comes into play, too, because... (laughs) She is ejected off the front of the car into a ditch somewhere, like in trees, and you're like, "Oh my god, she's dead!" And she's then all of a sudden, she pops up from beyond the trees. And she just goes, "I'm okay," <laughs> and then she comes running out of the, and she's happy about everything that happened. Oh, she was thrilled. Yeah, she was so stoked about everything that had just happened, and then, and then, and then she goes, and she's picks just kind of fucking pipe. She's kind of leaning in the car, like everything was super casual, and they're and they're they're like, "Well, do you just want to go back?" And she's like. Oh, let's kill this fucker. So she goes and grabs a lead pipe that's just laying in the road and gets into the car, but still hanging halfway out the window. Mm-hmm. And then they're off to go catch Stuntman Mike. Oh, and, and then the like the final 15 minutes of this movie is absolute gold. It's just a, it's like the craziest chase scenes, like stunts, like the, the whole deal. Like it's, uh-huh. it's just fantastic. It really is. Um, it's, it's girls, the, these girls get, the ultimate revenge, like they just beat the absolute hell out of him. He's he's reduced to a puddle of of 
like you said, blubbering. Like <laughs> he's just like every time he every he's, he's just like a he's giant try, pussy. He's really. trying to apologize to them, trying to say he was just goofing around. And like <laughs> it's such a weird character flop. You know, he's like he's like this big alpha male throughout the whole movie yeah. until a couple of badass chicks like fight back, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then suddenly he's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it. There's there's I feel like there's a lot of subtext in there as well that I'm not going to get into, but like. It's that's that's Tarantino for you. Like yeah. he's uh, he's got his reputation for a reason, and I can comfortably say that I am a convert on this. Like I I get it now. Yeah, and I and I think it's fantastic. A lot of people still, and even he considers <clears throat> this his worst movie. Really? Um, yeah, he considers it his worst movie. He thinks that he over he over polished it, mm. according to him, and thinks that he tinkered with it a little bit too much. Mm. Um, he still likes it, but he's you know he he thinks that it's his worst movie. I don't know. It'd be. I would have to go back and rewatch his entire filmography. I think the only one of his that I haven't seen is Jackie Brown. It's the only movie of his I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where I would rank this. I don't. I don't think that it would be as as high on my list as something like a Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or whatever. Because I, I love those movies. Um, but yeah, even if it is on the bottom of the list, that list is so close together at like the top. You know, it's like even his worst movie is better than most people's best movies. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just kind of how it is. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and, and I will say that I think out of the two Grindhouse movies, I will say I like Death Proof better now. Did you? Yeah, watching them both of them back to back, I've completely flip flopped on it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's right bizarre. On. It's funny how a little maturity can uh, can can affect you. So oh, much. you are so mature. I'm so mature. <laughs> or what do I what do I say? Cinemature. Cinema, cinema tour. I hate you for that, by the way. <laughs> Come on, it's great. So this is interesting. Um, a bunch of other actors uh, were considered for the, sto- the the role of stuntman Mike. Mm-hmm. Picture any of these guys in in that role. Mickey Rourke. I think that could have worked. Could, yeah, that absolutely. Been, that could have worked. Good, actually. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> no. Miles, miles to go before I sleep, butterfly. <laughs> Miles to go before I sleep. Yeah, that would not have worked. Uh, Ving Rhames. That would have been all right. It would have been all right, but it would have been a drastically different character. I couldn't see. I couldn't see him being the uh, like the blubbering idiot at the end. No, I couldn't see that because Ving Rhames is just too. Mm, then again, I guess I can sort of see it. Here's the one. Here's the kicker. Here's the 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 one that I can't decide if it would be great or not. Mm. John Jarrett. Apparently was oh, up, uh, was considered for. I could see that. And I love John Jarrett, but it, it makes me wonder: Would I be able to view that role as anything other than Mick? Like, I kind of feel like it would just be Mick Taylor. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Unless he, unless he, like looked and played it completely <laughs> differently. But I don't know, dude. With like John Jarrett, I, I didn't think that I was going to be able to view him as anything other than Mick Taylor too. But then I watched Rogue, and I was like, man. This guy is, it's you barely even recognize him. <laughs> well, not even fat suit, just like his acting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he really becomes a different person. Um, so I could see that. Wasn't Willem Dafoe also up for it, too? Um, he might have been. He's not in my notes here, but it's possible. That That's the only one I could, everybody that you just said, with the exception, exception of Ving Rhames, because I suppose I could see Ving Rhames doing it, but 
I can't picture him doing sort of the blubbering idiot thing at the end. Like I said, I but think he everybody, with a, the exception of, uh, or I, no, I'm not going to make an exception for, for Ving Rhames. I could see everybody doing it except for Willem Dafoe. That's weird to me. Yeah, I yeah that wouldn't I, have been good. I agree, and I think, like I said, if anybody else, I think feel like Mickey Rourke. <laughs> oh, speaking of Ving Rhames, there oh, it hey, is. What's up, guys? <laughs> um, Mickey Rourke, I think, would have been interchangeable with Kurt Russell. Honestly, yeah. I think they would have played it exactly the same. Whereas with everybody else, it would have been a completely different character. Yeah. I can see it all, but they would have been played completely differently. Yeah. It would be a completely different tone to the character and everything else. I would love to see. Has Quentin Tarantino ever put John Jarrett in one of his movies? I don't believe so. I'd like to see that. I mean, I suppose it's possible if he was like in a small role. You know, not, like, not a small like how role. Michael Parks was. He shows up in all these different movies. And yeah. Not a small role. Who knew? It took the Walrus movie to get him any respect. <laughs> He looks so different when he's got a little. I didn't ex- even recognize a little him. extra weight on him. Uh, you had to. We had to pause the movie, and you said that, and I didn't know who you were talking. Well, about. Well, I, I go. I literally, didn't we, recognize. We saw him. we saw him in Planet Terror, and I was like, oh my god, I I barely recognized him at first. He's got a little extra weight on because I'm used to like I'm used to his later later films, Red State and uh, Tusk and sure. uh, shit. What the hell else was he just in recently? I can't remember. Well, Red State and Tusk were, I think, his two, the two that I know him best for. Like, I think, I think his well, you performance. Well, you know him from Dust Dawn, so well, well, yeah, small I, roles. But... His performance in Red State, I think, oh, it's amazing. may very well be his best performance. So Honest, good. Like, and that's so probably creepy. a very controversial thing to say, but I like that movie so much. Yeah. And he's so creepy in that role, and he's perfect for it. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I, I hardly recognized him, and then I was like, "Oh man," with a little bit of extra weight on his face, and and I don't think it took you even a little while longer to realize who I was talking about. Yeah, like I said, I, I it didn't even dawn on me that's who yeah. it was. Crazy. Um. Yeah, but anyway, I think that's it, right? That's huh? it. Um, we got to pick for the next month because oh, uh, it is that time. Is this the box? Right we got five. Well, technically, we have three to pick. So, so here's here's how this is gonna work. Okay. This episode is getting released tomorrow on the twenty sixth. Yeah. So it'll last for uh, for July. Yeah. So we got next week, the second of August, will be uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Yeah. As well as Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. That'll be on the second. Yeah. So we're going to pick for the ninth right now. Okay. Oh, you want by, me to pick? By, by all means. Oh, you can, do, you can do all three of them. Ladies first. All right. So for the ninth, we have... Uh, I shouldn't crumple these up so tight. <laughs> oh, geez. Another retrospective. Uh-oh. Maybe we should hold on to that one then. Just toss it back in the box. We'll do. We're in the middle of a retro, so let's not pick another one. We'll do, Stu. All right. So no, we're, actually for... only, we're actually only picking two, I think. For the no. ninth, we have, this is one of yours, top ten horror franchises with three or more installations. Okay. Installments, not installations. <laughs> installments. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. A countdown for you. We haven't yeah. done a countdown in a while. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. So Okay, so then now, so that was for the 9th. For the 16th will be the very last of our Texas Chainsaw. So that's going to be Texas Chainsaw 3D Kay. and Leatherface. Okay. So that'll be for the 16th. So what you're pulling now, before you pull it, uh, the 23rd is our 200th episode. <sighs> it is also, I believe, to the week, our four-year anniversary. Oh. 
So, so do you want to pick for it or do you want to hold this date to maybe plan something special for Depends it? on how good this is. Let me <laughs> okay. check it first. So, so this will either be the 23rd or the 30th. This is m- my wild card. Okay. It's uh, a movie I've been trying to get you to watch for... I think I watched this when my son was one, so <laughs> eight years. Okay. I've been trying to get you to watch Neroi, The Curse. Okay. Which is a, a Japanese found footage movie. Okay. And Lake Mungo. Ooh, I've wanted to see Lake Mungo for a long time. So do you want to do that for 200 or do you want to do something special and let's, hold up? Let's put it on the books for 200. Okay. If we come up with something better, All right. then that one, that one might be a floating date. How about that? Let's so we, do. Uh, we don't do. We don't do. Uh, we don't do polls very often on Instagram. Why don't we do a poll of we, some kind? We could do that. Uh, so then pick one for the thirtieth. Then too. Oh, okay. We got one more. <laughs> Fine. We got don't, five. Don't have to tell me twice, <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. So this last one is. Come on, you bitch! I can tell this James is one of yours, is because it's folded it up, in such an infuriating way. <laughs> Uh, no, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit and die, motherfucker. All right. Uh, this one is called Let's Make a Movie. One Cut of the Dead. Okay. And Shadow of the Vampire. Ooh, Shadow is so good. Mm. So. I'm into that. That's for the 31st then? Yep. Cool. Uh, the 30th. 30th, whatever. Uh, as, for, as for usual, I will get our full schedule up on our socials uh, within the next week. Check the socials. And uh, yeah, you can you can watch a, watch ahead with us. Cool, cool. All right, is that it? That's it. All right. Well, if you want to find us on said socials, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzkill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. Uh, you can find the show on all major streaming sites, including Spotify. Uh, please tell a friend, tell two friends, maybe three, no more than three. Yeah, we're not greedy. Yeah, keep it at three. Uh, also, uh, if you if you're enjoying the show and you do want to spread the good word, uh, you know the gospel of the buzzkill, oh. if if you will, oh, um, you can do so by leaving comments and stars wherever <laughs> comments and stars are leaveable. Just mail us a comment. <laughs> snail <laughs> snail should, mail us a we, comment. We, we got to get us and a, PO a star. Box. We got to get a PO box where people can snail mail us comments. Can we, can we, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that and see how many people will snail mail us shit. No one. Maybe we'll, your wife. If we'll make a, <laughs> we, we will make, we'll make a commitment to anybody who snail mails us something, we will send you back a prize. Ooh, a prize. But it's, com- it's a complete mystery what that prize may or may not be. It could and, be, uh... and whether it may or may not contain anthrax it could it, it could be anthrax it, it could be a sticker <laughs> it, it could be your son could be a sticker with anthrax we could send, we could send him one of your kids not my son no nope. <laughs> so uh I don't know what that laugh was just <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. all right we gotta end this yeah let's do it let's end it all right hey thanks for joining us yeah uh i'll see you next week prost prost try have a good night yeah.